smile, breathe, and just remember, it's too late to get out of it, so you might as well go on. Do you ever get the feeling that people are incapable of not caring? You know, I'm screwed up and average enough that I could write a song that'll live on forever. And then after that, it don't matter. I am the king of gay chickens. No, seriously, what the fuck? Honestly, you're in a memory in your subconscious. Fuck! Seriously? I don't know what you've been told, little lady, but the rest of us start at nine. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm just kidding. Good morning. Hey, Benny! Looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river! <laughs> Is it gonna be like this all the time? <laughs> yeah. Have you clocked Mario yet? Got that speed running? I'm at 119 stars. Dude, how many are there? 120. Dude, where is, how do I'm you know where the, it is? Yeah, I'm saving the... I'm, I decided I'll do the last Bowser fight last. Okay. So it's one star on the last Bowser fight. Okay. But it's 100 coins on Rainbow Ride. Do you remember this? No. Okay. I haven't played that game specifically oh. in 20 years. I've got to get 100 coins on Rainbow Ride. The only... And to do that, you have to do wall kicks... You know how you pound to get the blue coins? Yep, yep, yep. You got to pound and do like six sequential wall kicks up this passageway to get up to where those coins are. If you don't get those coins, there aren't a hundred coins in the level. Oh, okay. And I'm really bad at the wall kicks. Yep, yep, so yep. So I'm just grinding out trying to get this wall kick thing done <laughs> to get this last. Is start. it because you I'm have not to jump off of something first and then start the wall kicks? And could you do it? Like, can you do more wall kicks if you fuck up one of them? No, you fuck one up, you just fall back down. Oh, okay. So you've got to get it right six times mm -hmm. within, and it's a short, like after you pound, it's really short. So yeah, if you <laughs> fuck up once, you just have to kill yourself and start the level again. The level. Well, yeah, because that's the only way you can refresh the blue coins. You only get one go. Yep. So it's quite annoying. I don't even, and I don't even want to just even just exit the level because then you come back right at the bottom of the castle and it's right the way at the top of the castle. <laughs> So I have to like keep getting lives so that I can kill myself to restart and jump and jump back in quickly. Man. It's a real night. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not certain I can get it. <laughs> and I had to stop playing the other day because I've got a Nintendo 64 injury. <laughs> You've already. got a repetitive stress injury. I've got a repetitive stress injury. <laughs> and I haven't been playing it that much. I play like an hour, hour and a half maybe every few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing crazy. Which is what I think like... I understand people love video games, but a couple mm. of hours every couple of days has always been enough for me. Yeah, and then you, then you really feel like you need to... Yeah, but sometimes you'll obviously... Well, because I love stories so much, sometimes I will find a game and binge the fuck out of it like I'm watching a movie you, or a series. you want to know what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's the thing about Mario games. Nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, you're just doing stuff. Nothing happens. And crushing turts. Yeah, things happen in the same way things happen in a dream. Crushing turts. <laughs> yeah. You know, like in a dream being like, ooh, this plot's really getting going. It's just like random shit happening all the time. But in That's a dream, like though, the plot does get going. And it is that plot is random shit sometimes. Sometimes. But I'm captivated. And when you wake up, you're always depressed. You're like, oh. Do you have good dreams? I don't. I I can't remember having a nightmare in the last fifteen years. Wow. I, I, Before I, that, you did. 
Well, I wouldn't call it a nightmare, but I remember one specific recurring dream that happened while I was in college. Mm-hmm. And it was the city that we live in. Yep. Which one's that? You'll never know. Covered by a flood. Uh-huh. And See, now that's just memories. Me and... Well, this was pre-both yeah. floods. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, me and every every time it was a different group of people, whoever I was close with at the time, were okay. on, on a sort of like adventure through the flood to get to safety or whatever it was. And uh-huh. there were crocs in the flood. Uh-huh. No one ever got at. Okay. So I don't know why it was like... I wouldn't call that a nightmare, but it was just yeah, see, a that's heightened really... genre of something going on. <laughs> yeah, it's not a night; it's a thriller. Yeah, it was. It was an. It was a disaster. It was a, an, a disaster dream. It's a disaster dream. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have like horror dreams. No, no, I do sometimes. That sucks, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Falling. And it, I and I think my watching of films has completely dictated how my dreams work. Like I will, having just said nothing ever happens in dreams, I do dream in movie plot style a lot yeah. of the time. Mm-hmm. There's twists and turns sometimes. I'm like, oh, who would have seen that coming? I can remember them being captivating and then often, like most of the time, you mm. forget about it straight away. Like sometimes yeah. you can remember your dream and like that was a good dream last night. I had mm. a fun time. <laughs> just reflect fondly. Yeah. But then the other times you, you can re- you, you remember the feeling that it gave you. Like, yeah, that was a great dream. Yeah. I can't remember a goddamn thing that happened. Mm. That's enough of that. There's a chihuahua in the room, ladies and gentlemen. You might hear a little bit of unnecessary noise. It's all necessary. Because she has to express feelings. She has many feelings. I mean, they're not justified feelings, but she's having them. And, you know, who amongst us? I'll dream I've killed people quite often. And you're And you're slowly getting away with it? Or... Well, it's... Sometimes, not very often, but I just know it's happened a few times. And on one level, I think maybe I'm secretly crazy because I keep dreaming about having murdered people. But then I'm like, no, it's okay because in the dream, I'm always horrified by it. <laughs> and like the the premise of the dream is, oh my god, or like it just happens like accidentally. It takes me a minute to realize, and I'm like, oh, that you killed some. Wait, does and then the, like trying to get away with it. Does it the actual awful. murder take place in the dream? Often not. Yeah, okay. no, I don't dream about it's it's dreaming about having had killed someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having to figure out what to do. And about that panic it. and that you, yeah. this will. Like, I think we've talked about it before. You never get away with murder. We have talked about yeah. it. You, there's there's no getting away with yeah, it. Yeah, you punish yourself forever. Yeah, I feel bad now <laughs> about having killed someone in my dream. <laughs> so I guess that's a good thing. It is a good thing to know that your dream has a conscience. Mm. But I do dream horrifying things sometimes. And I know that's just because I'm seeing it in films. Like, that's the only reason my brain has that raw data to draw from, <laughs> is all these horror films I watch. So I'm actually fine and normal is what I'm saying. That's the takeaway there. It's a good takeaway. <sighs> seen Napoleon? Not yet. No, me neither. What have you seen lately? I haven't been to the movies in a bit. I've been, yeah, I've been hardly at all. It's been a real drought. I saw Dumb Money, randomly. Okay, good. Yeah, it's fine. I know it's like finance is not my world at all, but I know a bit about that sort of story. Occurrence. There, yeah, that that series of occurrences. The occurrency. From, from, yeah, nice, nice. Thanks, man. Yeah, nice. Couldn't let that go by. <laughs> From some YouTube videos, probably like my favorite YouTuber would be 
Dan Olson, and he he covers that a lot in like quite excruciating detail. Mm. And like like I don't even follow a lot of what he's saying. I just like listening to it. And so I think Dumb Dumb Money is good. It's a good portrayal, as far as I can tell, of what it is it's showing when they did the GameStop thing. But it's just an incomplete story. Okay. There's lots of other stuff going on. Like the main the main character that Paul Dano plays, the movie kind of ends with hit the end of his story and his withdrawal from the public eye, and big part of the reason for his withdrawal from the public eye was because of this cult-like following he was getting <laughs> from people who were <laughs> extrapolating the relatively sensible and understandable premise of shorting GameStop to make money yeah. and extrapolating that into a sort of like doomsday cult around the ultimate destruction of the financial system <laughs> that they could generate as a result of like posting on Reddit and being yeah. gamers. And so for me, that's a more interesting story, whereas this is a little bit more... Personable. Yeah, it's, and it's just like good guys, bad guys, little guys taking down the big guy, mm. which is part of it, but there's a... Well, that's uh, how there, everything there's starts. There's more to it. That's how everything starts. Just little guys taking on the big guy. And then those little guys end up being the big guy. Well, then those little guys get weird with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weird with it. And, and start... Like Paul Dano's character, I forget the actual guy's name, he would post the most innocuous thing. And all these online gremlins are like trying to interpret what he really means by it, <laughs> and like because he doesn't. It's the cult life. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm, so I love it. Yeah, you want to be a part of it. You now. know how much I love cults. <laughs> Hearing about them, not being in them, or starting them, or starting them, but ending them. I definitely, no, yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't encourage it. But if I were to encourage it, it would be only because I'd be confident I could end it. And that's the only time <laughs> I would do that. I'd be like, I'm going to encourage this cult a little bit. We could reach out just to for this, just for this our, week, so that I can bring follower. the hammer down. We reach out to all of our follower. Yeah, and thank if you for they, Christine. If they ever get in a cult, just know that we can help get you out. If you listen to this podcast and you end up in a cult, that would be very interesting to me. <laughs> we will be very happy for you because I just feel like our mentality and vibe is really in opposition to that. I don't know why I think that. I just... Yeah, I don't... Because I, I, we're, we're such bold, independent free thinkers, yeah. Isaac. And Trendsetters. We say, and we say what no one else will say. <laughs> Things like, have you seen Mrs. Winterbourne? <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people would say they have, actually. I think a lot of people have seen it since it came... Hello, everyone. Welcome to Exceptional Thieves. <laughs> this is a podcast where Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. I am Isaac. And this is the latest episode of our special series, Turns of Phrase, oh, where we review the many turns of Senor Phrase. <laughs> That's where we review the filmography of Brendan Fraser, the king of film. This week, it's quite, we? quite a turn. It's different. I'm not going to say it's a bad different. I'll, t- uh, as I, I'll be honest, I thought this was going to be a boring one. <laughs> I thought this week was going to be a boring week. It is not. <laughs> it's one of the weird, and this is coming off the Passion of Darkly Noon. I mean, I don't this even is, think this is the this is weird. I think this is just this TV it, love romance movie attempting to be comedy romance movie, attempting the romance part. I'd say it's a noir crime thriller <laughs> attempting to be a Richard Curtis movie. And I guess succeeding as much as you can it at does. that particular task. Um, but before we go any further, so yeah, I saw number. Have you seen any other good movies lately? Not that I can think of. You know, never mind the movies. You're not seeing any movies at all. I've seen rare. What about in your home theater? Yeah, I watched on your home theater sound system before. Oh, 
What have I watched? I watched a movie called Organ Trail. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Which, by the title and the poster, I thought it was going to be a horror set on the Oregon Trail where people right. would go cannibalistic or they would come across, like, Wendigos or something something horrible. It's not the trail of people getting their organs stolen and sold on in other countries? No. It's set on the Oregon Trail. Like the Silk Road, but for kidneys? Like that. It's it's set on the Oregon Trail, which okay. is which is a period of, of um, US history that's exciting. That's wonderful to set oh, are movies you, in. Were you saying Oregon from the beginning? No, the movie is it's, called Oregon oh, Trail. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Um, which is a play on okay. the fact that it's the Oregon Trail. Okay. But you don't it's find not about out an... that that's what it's, where it is because you just you just straight into it. You meet this family. People on the road, and then they get fucked up by a group of what the what the film calls um, crazy cowboys, but there are yeah. three of them. Okay, and it a just trio. turns into this weird movie that you that could have been a revenge plot movie, where like the daughter gets revenge on all these bad guys, mm-hmm. but instead it's just like two hours of nothingness, and then some people die in not scary ways. Okay. It kind of just misses the mark. Right. Yeah, so I don't recommend Organ Trail to anybody. I'm just trying to look it up. It's a this it's a this year movie. Is it based on a game? Oregon Trail is a game. Uh, there's Organ Trail, a retro zombie survival game. Yeah, that's a different thing. Okay. <laughs> the fact that or it's about the Oregon Trail and it's called Organ Trail, that is pretty lame. Like, well, like if that was what it was, and it was like really good horror, then I'd be like, "Yeah, that's a cool, that's a cool horror name for what it is." Like, if but it doesn't suit what the what you get. Montana winter during the eighteen seventies. Yeah. Nobody harvests an organ in the entire film. Oh, oh, what? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's called Organ Trail. You're expecting someone oh. to cut out a heart or do something fucked up. It's doesn't happen. Doesn't it, happen. It's the menu all over again. I haven't seen it, but I understand. On my list of films where you think there should be cannibalism, but there isn't. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for the menu. See, I thought there was cannibalism. She asks for a cheeseburger, but doesn't eat it, does she? No, she eats it. Nice. But it's just a cheeseburger. Cool. Even though they're in a building full of corpses that I'm sure... There should you be, could just cook that super easy. They should be, as it were, chomping at the bit <laughs> to cook those bodies up, Hannibal style. Well. Do you see the killer? Not yet. Fuck, dude. I know. We talked about it last week. Yeah, I've been I've been fucking revved up to see it, to talk about it with you. I'm sorry. I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a busy man. What are you doing in the evening? Nothing. What, just sitting there silently? <laughs> yeah. Pretty. Like the killer might? Well, I've had guests. I've had things to do. What sort mm. of things? Hey? What sort of things? What are you doing? Arts and crafts. Yeah, but you have movies Video on in the background. Video games. Playing music. Well, I've been doing a lot of that lately. Not a actually. fan of this. Not a fan of these interests. I'm so sorry to let you These down. interests and hobbies getting in the way of the real thing, which is media consumption. <laughs> the real thing. That's that's real life. Well, we've consumed some media today, though. We have. We watched All the President's Men randomly. Nice. I have seen that. <laughs> Man, that's a slow burn. <laughs> Jesus. And I love a slow... I love people in rooms talking about things they're slowly figuring out. Yeah. Love that. But even I was a bit... Okay. I've, they're talking about it in such granular detail, the Watergate <laughs> investigation, which should be fascinating. I'm actually, 
Like they go, like, it's like minute by minute what they did. I'm like, I guess this is all interesting. There's Robert Redford and Gene Hackman. Yeah. But then again, a lot of a lot of older movies when you rewatch them, like mm, this is kind of boring. <laughs> That's what I've been saying this whole time. <laughs> yeah, the most fun of it is just watching how they do stuff in olden times, technology wise. Like, <laughs> Getting faxing. out files and faxing and phones and just everything so much harder. I'm worried Napoleon might not be good. You know I, what I mean? I'm 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 I I don't think worried is the word I would put on it. I would be I'm more not gonna be surprised if it's not good. Yeah. No, I'm like I'll watch it and be like, yeah. Okay. And I, I love Joaquin. I love, I love Joaquin. pretty much anything Joaquin does. Jacuin. Yeah. I love me some Jacuin. But and oh, Ridley Scott, Ridley it's Scott really and Scott, Jack for together. Yeah, but then I just watched it and I'm like this isn't something where this isn't clicking. And I mean, what Wackerwin is a funny little looking fella, and so was Napoleon by all accounts. Mm. You know, it's good Famously. It's casting. That's what they Famously. say. Famously, baller move to just do your own accent as yeah. Napoleon. Well, also you're meant to do English accent for not American in the past. I don't know why they're not just making shitty French accents. Just do it. Yeah. Don't be scared. Shitty French accents is what the public wants. Yeah. Wee oui, wee. Oui. At Christmas time. It, it's a Christmas <laughs> shitty a, French accent. When I go out for my Christmas historical epic movie. I do love that they reuse the crown from Gladiator, though. That's just him with his same emperor's crown. What? In the trailer for Surely Napoleon, not. he's getting crowned as the emperor. Well, no, I think France reused <laughs> <laughs> his crown from the from Gladiator. <laughs> In fairness. And it's just Joaquin with the same crown. Yeah. He looks exactly the same. Because he is. He kind of does, doesn't he? Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw it. I'm like, okay, so it's just they're making He's already his done. character like from Gladiator. He's already done Gladiator 2. That's happening, isn't it? I thought so. Mm. But it's just going to be about a different guy, probably. I would hope Played so. Played by Gerard Butler. Russell Crowe's a little old. Oh, I watched. Did, I, did we talk about the Pope's Exorcist yet? Yeah, we did. Yeah, man. Russell Crowe. Sounds dumb as hell. Doing great things. He's so old. He's so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. What did we watch today? No more beating about the bush. We watched... So this is the 18th movie. Jesus. That we're watching. Featuring the one and only Brandon Frazee. And this is a 1996 romantic comedy drama. Which... Remove that middle bit and maybe no, no. even the first bit. It's a comedy. This is a romantic comedy. And as a premise for comedy, <laughs> this is truly insane. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a pretty bland sort of lady of the manor kind of. Yeah. Maybe a bit of Pygmalion. Kind I think it of, attempts that, and it, it does. I think it thinks it's that. Just ooh, and then just a slow crossfade, and like yeah. I went to the manor that summer, not knowing what to expect, yeah. and then Brendan's there. I think this film and thinks he hates it's his dad or like something. Overboard, starring Kurt Russell and okay. Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. Um, it thinks it's that. I don't, but it's not. I yeah, I don't know what it thinks it is. Well, because be Overboard is a film where a rich lady falls off of her yacht and forgets herself and gets. Welcomed into a family of um, every day a dude and his sons. Right. And just, yeah, you're our mum. Mm-hmm. Yay. And then she falls in love with them, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that's that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, see, 
I'm glad you brought that up because Amnesia is one of, one of my big recommendations for this movie. Mm-hmm. And people who don't know what the movie is about, that will make more sense later on. But <laughs> but the fact that she doesn't have amnesia and is just if I was complicit with this, this movie, from the get-go. I'd be like, guys, have you thought about doing amnesia? <laughs> because without amnesia, she's a psychopath. But with amnesia, they're going to palm just give her this kid and she'd be like, huh? <laughs> yeah, but like you could... You, anyway. The, the addition of a kid is weird. Exactly, Wednesday. The like the fact that she's preggers at the start of the film just makes everything so much heavier. Uh huh. And the fact and that the weirder. other chick's pregnant as well. The other chick is pregnant. The fact so that mm. there's so many unnecessary elements that just <laughs> escalate the, the 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 horror thriller nature of this story uh, that is actually a whimsical comedy. It is directed by. Richard Benjamin, who's... Two first names. Two first names. Green flag. Beige flag. It's a beige flag. It's a flag. Two two first names. And he... I mean, this guy has teamed up with an amazing series of teams. Yeah. But but didn't have a huge amount of success, from what (laughs) I can tell. Like, he, he directed My Favorite Year, starring Peter O'Toole. Jesus. Which was nominated for an, ask, an Oscar for Best Actor for that role. I think oh, that's Peter O'Toole. He never gets not nominated. Yeah. So that, so that one was a hit. So that's good. Then he directed City Heat, starring Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood. Moderate hit. Then he directed The Money Pit, starring Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. Moderate hit. Then he did My Stepmother is an Alien. <laughs> Starring Shirley Star- Temple. Starring Dan Aykroyd and Kim Basinger. Failure. <laughs> From Which the title. After such, with such a strong premise. Then he did <laughs> Mermaids. Starring oh. Cher, Bob Hoskins and Winona Ryder. It, it just about got over the line. <laughs> then Made in America, Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson. Mm. Big hit. Yeah. Big hit there. Ted Danson plays the maid. Then Milk Money with Melanie Griffith and Ed Harris. Failure. These are just so, massive names, though. He's working with people. Right? That's my point. And mm. then he did Mrs. Winterbourne. Failure. With bigger names. And then he did Marcy X with Damon Wayans and Lisa Kudrow. Fa- Failure. I would assume so. <laughs> people seem to be really annoyed that they ever saw that. <laughs> Grossing $1.7 million against a $20 million budget. Oh, it's not happening. Um, so, okay. I, actually, there's more hits in there than I thought there was when I initially looked at it. So, interesting guy. But it seems to also just sort of be a downhill strike. You start on your high. Yeah. You start on your high with your... Which is not a great way money, to, your, to, to Your live. money pits and your made in Americas. So, so, I, so, I just... I wonder where this ended up going so wrong it's written by lisa maria rodano don't know who that is and thief sutton it's also based on a novel thief did you read the title of the novel i'm still i'm just hovering over the name thief thief fifth p-h-o-e-f fifth i i blame thief (laughs) 
<laughs> You're a thief of our time. It's not their legal name. Thief. That was a nickname they were given. They were like, no, that's my name now. <laughs> put put the name thief on everything. Like, hey, you're talking about it, aren't you? You're talking about it right now. Fife? Such an ugly word. It could be Fife, though. Yeah, based on the novel, I Married a Dead Man. What a terrible name for a fucking novel. It sounds like one of mum's horny books. Well, it's a great name for a, what is it, 1948 crime novel by noted crime writer <laughs> Cornell Woolrich. Is it seriously? Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. And That's I mean, what the film feels like. It, it's like, mm. if you just, just think about the, the events of this film, this is a crime film. And this and it's it was adapted into another movie, uh, no, no Man of... Yeah, No Man of Her Own in 1950, which is a noir crime film. And then they were like, no, this is actually a mid-90s romantic comedy (laughs) with lots of soft focus and living in a nice house. Ricky Lake's character, the villain in all the other interpretations of this film, though? I don't know. Because that's what makes sense. If she's, like, the villain. If If it's, like, orphan first kill, but instead of it being a little orphan, it's just this woman who's come in and pretending to be the dead person like welcome me into your home yes my suspicion having not read that book or seen that other film is that (laughs) i think and i mean we'll get to this you know what let's get to it let's get because i think if anyone is listening who hasn't seen this movie we get some great brendan there's great there's great actually yeah we get two brendans we get two versions we get double the brendan so we have to do two rankings at the end of this <laughs> of which of all the brendans would win in a fight and i know which of these two brothers would win hands fucking down I'll tell you that much right now this movie but brendan is not the protagonist the protagonist is ricky lake everyone's remember her ricky lake i remember that show <laughs> That show was just a, a staple on TV for a really long time. And she was already doing that show when this movie comes out. Yeah, you've got your fame. You've got to make films. Ricky Lake's been going for like three years. And yeah, I guess this wasn't really the step forward she was hoping it would be. <laughs> oh, there's a Hindi version. That does not surprise me at all. There's a Hindi movie based on the novel. Oh. We have to watch it. No, we don't. 1971. <laughs> Called Kati Made in 71. It's criti- yeah. Dude. Critically acclaimed. That's probably good now. We should watch that. That's the Christmas special. So Ricky Lake plays 18-year-old... Constance Doyle. Doyle. From Hoboken, New Jersey. Yeah. Constance Doyle. Um, did your version of this start with the FBI warning? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know why that's still on the YouTube. Well, you can't you version. can't cut it out, otherwise. Um, oh, yeah, that's illegal, isn't it? It's Probably. illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Once the FBI yeah. puts, puts their thumb, they'll know about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little. It's illegal to copy this film. <laughs> but but I am copying it. Like I've gotten it. I've rented a digital copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't know what to do about that. Yeah, if you cut that off, a little red light blinks on somewhere in Langley, Virginia. That's CIA. Anyway. Um, and it's just like, Mrs. Winterbourne, right, title card, done. We're into the movie. Yep. No I do like the way credits. the movie starts, though. With a dead body. Well, Shirley Temple at at the church. Sh- um, well, maybe not the dead body. McLean? Hmm? Shirley McLean. It's not Shirley Temple, is it? No, I think that's, a, that's another person. You sure? Yeah. I thought she just got old. 
Well, Shirley, yeah. Shirley Temple did get old up until she died in 2014 yep. at the age of 85. After she, starring in Mrs. Winterbourne as the mother. Yeah, okay. I'm going no with it. I'm going with it. I'm her going. great, one of her greatest hits. <laughs> they would have looked pretty similar in the mid-90s. Um, Shirley MacLaine, however, still alive. Nice. Still kicking. Mrs. Winterbourne. That's I love what it. Does you, it. There's always an old, an, an old actor in a film like 30 years ago, and there was like, I'll be dead soon. And like, no, you won't. <laughs> You're going to have to endure this dimension for decades longer. You won't be able to walk for most of that time, but we won't let you die because that's not our culture. <laughs> no, so we open with um, dead, dead. What's his name? Man, dead Stephen Dacunzo. Man watching. We open with man lifelessly watching television. Not not just any television either. Tony Robbins <laughs> <laughs> lifelessly watching mid nineties. I didn't know he was going back then. Are we supposed to know he's dead, or are we just watching him watch TV with no emotion? Well, he doesn't look very dead, except for the three drops of blood on his shirt, which yep. I eventually thought, oh, I think they're bullet holes. They are. In the later scene, we find out and that he's they are just, And holes. he's just hella not moving. Yeah. Um, so, once again, this is the start of the romantic comedy yeah. with a dead body. With what turns out to be a dead body. A dead, a murdered man in a seedy motel. Like all romantic <laughs> comedies start. You're already feeling light and airy. And then the the Boston PD go to this church where there's bells and they find Shirley MacLaine. Mm. She made her film debut in a Hitchcock movie. Fuck yeah, she did. Fuck yeah, she did. That's how, that's how bloody old she is. The birds? Um, I forget. I'm looking. Uh, the Trouble with Harry in 1955. Cool. Winning the Golden Globe for New Star of the Year hyphen oh, actress. Nice. That's a Teen Choice Award. Yeah, that's basically that's fifties Teen Choice. Teen choice <laughs> when Golden Globe did New Star, should be Starlet, surely. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. The new Starlet on the scene is Shirley MacLaine. Some people say she looks like Shirley Temple, but I personally don't see it. And they're like, "We're here to investigate the murder of Stephen DeCunzo. and Shirley MacLaine's like, "Yeah, I did that shit." Yeah, they're like, we want to talk to Patricia Winterbourne. No, I killed him. Yeah. Jesus. I did that. We'll Straight up and then cut to. I'll kill, I'll, I'll kill you right now, she says. Like she just admits to a murder, gets arrested, cut to. Yeah. That's well, fucking don't... cool. So cool. <laughs> cut to Ricky Lake narration. Yeah. <laughs> I left home. It's like six My months life earlier. was shit. I was born in Hoboken. Yeah. So yeah, her dad left, or her mum died. Her dad's shit. Yeah, so she so leaves sort of, home and moves to the big city. Is her dad still there? I don't know. I also don't care. Because that well, that just occurred to me at some point of like, what about her, like her yeah, what family? About her actual family. Spoiler alert: may exist. her family thinks she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many complications. Her family thinks she's dead, and she lets a picture of herself go in People magazine. Let's well, maybe think, let's maybe think about maybe that. her dad is dead because when she gets homeless and you're pregnant. No matter how bad home life is, her, give, her home life isn't made to seem that bad. You have to give it a shot. You had yeah. like a fairly normal house she's yeah. leaving. You'd be like, hey, daddy, I know I ran away. But to then the big she can't city. be in that house by herself. She's being a child. Yeah, I know I went away to the big city and got it, got, got um, busy. Yeah. 
but, with some low lives. Yeah, with some fucking low lives. Do you want to come kill this guy with me? Yeah, because I know we've probably done that many times to other people. <laughs> you seem like the kind of guy who's probably killed people, <laughs> and that's really rubbed off on me. That's why later Can on. Can you teach me how? <laughs> that's why later on in this romantic comedy, I, the protagonist, am going to decide to murder the father of my child. Again, spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. But that is, again, what happens. Um, A very quick decision. There's, there's really I couldn't no, believe there's it. really no She's thought just, process. She, it's just, well... She's just like, yeah. Got to do and what I, I got to do. And I mean, I, and you know, not to have a go, but I think that that is a recurring problem with Miss Connie Doyle. No, no thought. No thought process <laughs> happening at all. You know, she's that unfortunate combination of both poor and dumb. Yes. <laughs> and, but also incredibly lucky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Those three things together. And for some reason, very tough as well. And, yeah. Just, just really brushes off that, that train accident. I know, no scratches, no scratches, no scratches. A baby that lives, ba- baby lives. That doesn't even take a physical toll on her. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it. But yeah, <laughs> dumb, stupid, and incredibly <laughs> lucky. That's a recipe for a story, right there. This is basically unbreakable. No. <laughs> she is she's, unbreakable. She's Bruce Willis in Unbreakable. <laughs> yeah, is what she is. She just doesn't get to meet her, Mister Glass. Yeah. Samuel Jackson's going to should have come in there. I found you. You survived the train. I did that on purpose. I do in it all the, the time. In the background of this, you see Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis just hanging out just a little fighting. bit. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Connie Doyle is unbreakable, and she also has has in, she has infinite luck glitch. <laughs> She's got the cheat code. She's got it. the cheat code for infinite luck, <laughs> <laughs> which is. Ah, oh, there's a great X-Files episode about that. Infinite luck. Yeah, where a guy has, like, incredible luck. Mm. But, like, it, like it's bad bad for you in the end. Like, it, I forget how it fucks you up, but it's like, mm. sort of like someone who can't feel pain. You know, yeah. has all these secondary effects. So everything works out for him. So, like, he never looks when he crosses the street because he's just realized that things always work out for him, but he's, like, completely alone or something. Some of them on Sort of the Week episodes were really cool. Some of them were incredibly dumb and stupid. Yeah. Some love. But it's like an 80-20 split, I say. <laughs> Until the last couple of seasons. When it just got shit. When it was just embarrassing to be around. So she leaves home and she goes to the Big Apple. New York City. Because it's the movies. And that's, that's where you go. And that's the only place. <laughs> I think she says that in... in, in where it's do like, you go when you've got nowhere else to go? New, New York City. Yeah. Somewhere near your home? No. Well, it is quite close to New Jersey. True. You cross the river to the big city. Where everything will be different. You don't leave Metropolis, just get to the bigger part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And like day one, she meets Stephen DeCunzo. And they get fucking... Hooked up. Yeah. She gets knocked up. She yeah. He's and he's... uh, Because he's banging. And 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 she's naive... She's just young. Maybe she's, you shouldn't say she's stupid, but she is naive. Yeah, she's just She's young. like, you kind of lose track of the fact she's meant to be 18 this entire film. Mm. Still at like 18, 19 by the end when she marries Brendan Fraser. Think about that. Barely months after a horrifying train accident. Yep. That baby is anyway, still a baby. Anyway. When they get married. That is a quick engagement. Um, <laughs> it's like a two week engagement max. Yeah. 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 This family is out of their mind. <laughs> And yeah, she 
basically gets hooked up with him. She's in there shitty. He, you know, he sort of love bombs her and sweets her off his feet like he presumably does a lot. And and it works. It works. She falls through it, hook, line, and sinker. You know, he he does that classic move that always uh, make you know makes the lady swoon. Makes the lady swoon is when you find your business card behind their ear. <laughs> yeah, that's that, how I met my first wife. Actually, yeah, yeah, that's how we call that a closer. <laughs> that's how you close the deal. It's how you get to show people you have a business card. Yeah. <laughs> How, how else would you ever show anyone so, that you have a business card unless you do a magic trick? I'm it? so annoyed that my business card never comes up in conversation. <laughs> I need to find a way to start bringing this up. And yeah, and he's wearing 90s low-life fashion. <laughs> like purple shirt, black waistcoat. Very cool. Like a, like a magician. <laughs> and yeah, she gets pregnant and is super happy about surprising it. yeah she's like oh this is great because i have how i imagine we're going to get married and everything and he reacts in pretty much the way you'd expect him to <laughs> he kicks her out <laughs> he kicks her out and is an absolute ass about it yeah what a prick and she base and she she loses her waitressing job because she's pregnant yeah. And it's, I guess... And, and they can't buy a bigger uniform. Yeah. And re- and it might seem like the 90s, but remember, it's actually the 40s in this story. <laughs> so, <laughs> she, so she very rapidly becomes destitute yep. in New York. And she's, let's go, look, she's nine months pregnant, basically homeless. It's raining. She goes to his place, knocks on the window, and he's like, hey, I need a place to stay. As you can see, things haven't worked out great. You did this. Yeah. I just need a place to stay. I don't want anything from you, just a place to stay. And this fucked hard. That's what we call him. Gives her a penny. That's not using the R word, ladies and gentlemen. That's a different separate word. (laughs) Begins with fuck. So it's fine. Gives her a penny and tells her to fuck her. Yeah. Or a quarter, most likely. What a dick. Yeah. And he's and he's in there with That's a shootable guy right there. (laughs) That is a shootable guy. You can shoot that guy. He's he's yeah. He's he's cruising (laughs) for a shooting. He's in there with some other broad. Some new broad <laughs> who clearly feels no solidarity with her fellow the, woman. The, the thing. He's like, hello. And she's like, hey, I need a place to stay. And then the woman comes on. He's not here right now. <laughs> Found another dumb broad. <laughs> that, see, that's not naivety. Oh, that's stupidity. <laughs> Just the, no, it's still fine. She won't know. But how yeah, does that woman that- not look out the window at another woman? Who's pregnant? Mm. And be like, no, nah, we gotta give her a like, let her sleep on the couch. Yeah, no. we can still fuck in the other room. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's that's good and fine. But <laughs> <laughs> what terrible people. Yeah. So yeah, he's evil. He's meant to be evil, and that's fine. I mean, he that that there are depths to his evil later on that are sort of revealed. Like he has a degree of manipulative uh, he, psychopathy. Yeah. Of sort of like. Ramsey Bolton level yeah, he, that really comes out later comes out in the movie. That he is like a criminal mastermind, which is again truly bizarre things to include in your romantic comedy. <laughs> uh, but and yeah, it's quite unsettling later on. But at this point, he's just some doofus, a yep. cruel doofus, is how I would describe him. So she's really at a wit's end. She's about to become homeless. Yep. She goes and to she, Central Station. She goes to Central Station, just sort of nosing around. Um, and she gets sort of swept onto a train to Boston. Mm-hmm. 
As you do in the nineties. Ev- everyone is late at the same time. She gets time. basically le- led on by one of the conductors of the train. Like, right yeah. this way, madam. Right yeah. this way. Get on the train. On, this isn't the right train. What an idiot. Well, was she even meaning to get on a train? Yeah, I think she, she was going to the, tra- to the subway to West Side because the homeless dude told her about the shelter. Oh right, yeah. And she's like, "This isn't the subway, obviously. No. <laughs> this is the Polar Express." <laughs> First up. Boston, Massachusetts. And everyone's on there getting all their stuff. That We're rich and She's like, live. oh, no. And so she's running away from the very old-timey ticket inspector, <laughs> like real Polar Express energy coming off that guy. And she's saying, oh, my husband has my ticket to try to get away. She's mm-hmm. always running away from him down the train. And who do we meet? When she, when she gets to the bar on the train, yep. I love that. Don't see much of that anymore. You don't. You really don't. She gets to the bar on the and of course, who's at the bar? Being cool, Brandon being chill. Fraser, Brendan Fraser, Hugh Winterbourne. Hugh Winterbourne. Ooh, nice. Now, Hubert Winterbourne. I love this guy. Me too. Just respect him from the get go. E- you respect him. Everything about this mm-hmm. character. I like. Yeah, it's effortless. I would want to be around. It's charming. I would want to talk. I I was charmed yeah. immediately mm-hmm. before he even said anything. So smooth, so slick, so nice, yep. so warm, but not weird. No, I was swept off my feet. I was like, I don't mind telling you, mm-hmm. by Hugh Winterbourne. That is a that is a lovable guy. And this is a new kind of Brendan we're seeing. We've got glasses. He's whistling a lot. He decided to. He <laughs> did do. A I think that was whistling. Brendan's choice. Like, I think Hugh whistles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shirt and waistcoat again, and big hair. Mm. I think this is the first time he's had big hair without being a crazy caveman type character. Yeah, but it's nice big hair. It's great big mm. hair. Sort of like he's grown into it. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like. Uh, He's sort also, of like a sort of mad academic, but not in a douchey way. Mm. You know, like it's he, like he could lecture at schools, but you'd you'd want to know what he said. Like you yeah. trust what he said. Yeah, he's lecturing about the Middle East, but just telling you about the time he was there the whole time. Nice. That's what he does. Oh, Hugh, <sighs> love it. Anyway, he rescues her. Yeah, he says he gives. He her pretends a fake that ticket, her tickets are his tickets, yeah. and uh, sweeps her into his compartment. Which he has with his nine months pregnant wife. Yeah, turns out they're both nine months pregnant, and his wife is also lovely. Love, oh, she, isn't she just delightful? Lovely, the, just the two, of the, just you ever just meet, the, the perfect couple. You ever meet couples like that, and like they're just yeah. both great people, mm-hmm. and they just both seem happy and comfortable in themselves, <laughs> and they're just so, and but like they're two positive energies, and those positive energies are feeding each other. The more they are together, <laughs> they're perfect. They're perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Lovely people. And she... I'm like, thank God, this is who Connie Doyle needed to meet. Mm. These people These people need to be her. in the rest of the film. Yes. Be in her life. I'm so excited. Be wonderful. This I'm, film's going to be fantastic. This this Hugh Winterbourne, he's got a kind of spontaneity to him yeah. that I really enjoy. I don't know what he's going to do, but it's in a fun way. He's... Um, he's He's just he's just coming off really different. She seems really nice. She's just coming back from Hong Kong. She's lived in Hong Kong her whole life. And she's no, only she's only just come back to America and is about to meet Hugh's family. Wow. What a that, that that's gonna be interesting to see. I wonder how Connie Doyle will fit into that picture. <laughs> Hugh goes back to the bar to get more drinks. Connie and Patricia 
hang out for a little bit. Yeah, and she they, gives her a, ni- a dressing gown or some some nice. Warm she gets clothes. her changed into into her clothes because she's got wet in the rain. Mm-hmm. She looks at her wedding ring or engagement ring, says how nice it is. So she puts that on, lets her try it on, yeah. and then at that moment, that's when the film takes a real turn. <laughs> that's when. I sort of sat up a little bit and yeah. I was like, you oh. Hear the, you hear the beeping of the train. Okay. Like the horn going. And I'm like, okay, something's going to happen. Yeah. And then the train crashes. Then the fucking train crashes. Uh, and uh, shown entirely from inside the compartment. Which is a nice, cheaper way to do that. And this, like, it's not like the set is turning either. It's just <laughs> Ricky Lake throwing herself up against the wall and the camera turning upside down. And her being like, oh, and people like throwing bags from off screen. Yeah. And like, yeah, I understand you can't actually crash a train, but it was just very noticeable. Um, and yeah, the train fucking crashes. Mm-hmm. And I presume everyone except her dies. You never find out how many survivors there were. Yeah, the train crash isn't part of the story. You it's find just out what no is used details. to kill two people. They just this just incredibly traumatic, you know, worldwide news event. Mm. I would say a packed train New York to Boston just derails and kills a bunch of people. Yeah, and kills the um, one of two sons from a very very wealthy family that would yeah. get reported on. Kills one of as the well as his wife and unborn child. So that would get uh, reported on. So Hugh Winterbourne, my favourite Brendan so far, quite frankly. Yeah. He's on screen but a minute. And um, perfect. Immediately snuffed out and dead. So that put me on the back foot for the rest of this, to be <laughs> honest. I was like, well... Well, when he was dead, before this we film got to meet anybody had. else, I was like, okay, so he's not actually dead. Well, yeah. Both of, both of them are somewhere else now, mistaken for somebody else, and they get to come back later. Yeah, true. Yeah, and I was so excited for them to come back later. Because Brendan is on the poster for this movie. Mm. Uh, but he does look different. <laughs> true, he does. Um, so she, And so she wakes up, so crossfade to hospital. <laughs> Starfade Where she, hospital. Yeah, Starfade. <laughs> star wipe to hospital. And she wakes up. Eight days later, because that's always how that works. I don't know if you know. Whenever the first time I was in a train accident, if you're in a train accident, it was seven, eight days, car accident, any sort of mm. horrifying event, you're never awake for any of it. You no. never experience the pain and any of that. You immediately black out, and then you regain consciousness eight days later when oh, you have no visible markings of a train crash. Yes, and yeah. if you're in a coma that you haven't awoken from for a week, how you wake up is always in a room by yourself. With no protection of your airway at all, just like you're asleep in bed. Everyone just leaves you in there, complete like could drown in your own vomit at any moment, and just waits for you to slowly open your eyes. That's how it works. And she wakes up with no baby mm. in a random hospital. Panics. And she is Mrs. Winterbourne now. Or she's going to be... She's been mistaken as... Mrs. Patricia Winterbourne. No, yeah. So no, Hugh, Hugh, and Patricia are married, aren't they? Hugh and Patricia are married. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's and why she's say, got the wedding would've... ring that says Patricia Winterbourne. Because Hugh is estranged from the rest of the Winterbournes. You yes. know why? Because he's too fucking cool. He's so much cooler. He's too. Much, he's so much cooler. Except maybe Paco. He's kind of fun. See, that's a good point. Is that's something we lose? Hugh is so cool. 
and nice and it's just traveling the world and actually living his life mm. and all the winterborns are just sitting around their fucking beige mansion living. just living their lives with a bunch of squares mm-hmm. and connie sees that and it's just like oh brilliant and then that's just what life is from then on like Hugh, yeah, that's that's what life needed to be like in the 90s you're not supposed to be a person out Hugh there, there bestows no legacy to the rest of the family he's just they're like, no one liked him to begin with because we all knew he was better than us, and now he's gone. So good riddance. <laughs> yeah, but that's in, the in attitude the 90s, of the rest of the Winterborns, as far as I can tell. The dream life was a life of privilege and nothing. Well, yeah, and I, th- I think you need to have a bit of that added. That's not, that's not entirely true, but I, th- I think that, that I think that is sort of the some of the assumed attitude of the audience. Yeah, I think the dream life should have been the dream life of privilege, but also fun. If yeah. they had jet privilege and jet skis. Yep. If it was privilege no, and jet skis. No watercraft of any kind. No. No fun. But you don't have watercraft in Boston, I guess. I did see the end of Loki talking to jet skis. Too much shooting. Nice. No idea what happened. <laughs> it's the weirdest final episode. No idea what happened. So much of that mo- show was them standing around on that one control deck in the same position, mm-hmm. looking at something with different worried expressions. Yeah. Like that's a good 30% of the show. Mm. And then Loki puts on some weird little loafers and does something on a chair. The loafers were weird. I, I was What was that? Boots, please. Yeah, like the original Loki suit, please. Gods don't wear Also, loafers. I didn't like the new ho- the new horns. The gold horns from the original film are still the best. I'm okay with the horns, but gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what happened in that show. He holds some strings now. He held he's the he's the god of strings. something. And all the universes are there. Uh, he's the he's I don't know we, weaving the spider web. I don't fucking uh, know. yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's Madam Web now. Yeah, that's actually, <laughs> that's actually what's happened. <laughs> yeah, I think I I think movies like this and now and then, mm-hmm. I'm getting the impression from some of the other things I'm seeing written about them. They're big like '90s girls sleepover movies. Yeah. Which is hilarious for this one, given the incredibly dark tone it, it <laughs> is it meant toes. to have a lot of the time. Yeah, it it well, it's it it has the subject matter, but the tone is not there. Yeah, but I think if if you're someone who would fantasize about waking up as a Mrs. Winterbourne and getting to marry Brendan Fraser and live in a big beige mansion, mm. then I guess this is quite a nice story to watch, even though the conceit of how she gets there. <laughs> Is so overburdened by tragedy that it's quite that distracting for me. To, like, there's no the, nobody. No, they don't another have a great funeral. point. Another great point. Also, the ran- the well, not random. The actual Patricia Winterbourne, no mm-hmm. funeral. No, their actual, and yeah, like Shirley Temple McLean. Mm. I mean, she was one month away from having a grandchild who then died, mm. and she doesn't spend a moment thinking about that when she finds it out at the end. Yeah. She's like, no time to think about that. I've got Steve DeCunzo's baby right here. <laughs> and you, you strange person and you, you who's s- lied to me for six months. You strange little person. And I mean, Connie Doyle, I mean, Shirley MacLaine seems so her. happy to have Connie Doyle in her life. And I'm like, I guess so. But in, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, but you didn't meet Patricia. Exactly. <laughs> If you'd met, yeah, but if if she'd met Patricia, she would have hated her as much as she hated the it's, other son. Like, <laughs> like you're infuriatingly good. You could. Why have, are you so good? You could have had two Brendans and Patricia, 
And mm. instead, you've got one Brendan and Connie Doyle. <laughs> and and you're just lucky that someone murdered Steve Dacunzo. That's your life Yes, now. someone I love. <laughs> we'll get to it. Don't want to spoil uh, that okay. for anyone who's following along. Your, your wonderful so wake- son comes back and wants to ruin your crime family. So she wakes up in this hospital. And for a while, we're in a sort of Twin Peaks style horror hospital yeah. movie story. Did, like, did, did you just get a truly sinister energy from everything that was happening? I, I, I didn't get sinister. I got frustrating. That nurse is terrifying. Yeah, the, the, the voice is very strange. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I'll go get your baby. Yeah. You, you, like, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop this whole time. <laughs> you're like, you're waiting for the, the wall to fall down and reveal what's actually They're outside just getting, the window. They just get out her. The whole thing is her yeah. just being welcomed into this community. Yeah. Mm. Or, it's um, fine. Yeah, or she realizes the same person keeps walking past outside, Truman Show style <laughs> or something. Or she's in a vivarium. A vivarium. But anyway, that nurse is played by Paula Prentice, who's the hus- who's the director's wife. Aww. So, mystery solved. <laughs> so, she meets her baby. It's lovely. She loves the baby. I think that baby is far too absent for the rest of the movie. Oh, but there are people whose jobs are to... Well, it's far too absent after a point. Yeah. Because there is a few scenes where she is not letting the baby out of her grip. Yeah, I guess the, like the baby is physically in a scene, but her emotional relationship to it, I think, needs to be a bit more present because the well, everybody's emotional relationship to it needs to be more present. The terrible thing she proceeds to do over the next few weeks, <laughs> the justification for that, and I think that's a justification that's more present in the 1950s movie and presumably the 1948 noir crime. So novel upon which this romantic comedy is based, and I'm going to stop bringing that up. I would hope it's more prevalent. Is that she's doing this for her child. Yeah. I think they needed to just nail a bit more how desperate and destitute she was. Have her have been literally homeless for like a while. Have her like been have running be- onto that train because she just robbed something yeah and she like robbed it because she needs to eat she needs something yeah so she flees onto a train ever had to become a bit of a street person for Uh a while so now she's willing to do have show her try some other ways out of her situation like she goes to see for kunzo sure but like that's that's the only thing she tries that's the only thing she tries and if you show i think if you just saw her cycle through a few other options and realize there's nothing and for yeah. for some reason you're going to just starve to death on the streets of new york in the mid 90s which i feel like there are there is a lot of uh, infrastructure surely there there's that some allows, service yeah. like there's soup kitchens yeah there's like, women's shelters yeah she is a woman who is pregnant surely and has been a, kicked out by a fucking i mean far bag. be it, far be it for me like people end up in terrible situations all the time they do I just needed to. I think if you built that out a little bit more, a human and showed would, his, would a, a real human would attempt to survive. Yeah, and I'm sure more. she did. She just sort of does it off screen. Yeah. So if you showed that she's really backed into an absolute corner, she's got no other. In the back of my mind, I'm still like, but what about like her dad in New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> just That's show not that, far. Show New that Jersey she's, is very. It's close. right there, mate. <laughs> well, she's in Boston now. Just really show that she's got nothing else. Mm. It's this or back to the street and starving. <laughs> then you're like, okay, 
Yeah. You have, have to her pretend. be grimy and disgusting. Yeah. And then it starts to rain, so that washes, mm-hmm. and then she gets chased onto the train. Yeah. So she was at a point By police where, dogs. Yeah. She was at a point where if she'd come across the cleanly Brendan and his wife, it would have been a massive, massive gap between peoples. Mm. But instead, she gets cleaned, gets on there. Oh, you're really wet. Let us take care of you. Let's yeah. Let's look after you. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think she just sort of she plummets down the social ladder so rapidly yep. that yeah, I don't feel the level of desperation that you would need for me to be okay with you pretending to be <laughs> a family's dead son's <laughs> wife and pretend that your baby is related to them. Mm-hmm. For weeks and weeks. Because yep. <laughs> that's what happens. So there's been a case of mistaken identity because she had the ring and the dress and she was in their cabin and blah, blah, blah. Presumably Patricia's body just went flying out the window and is never found. Mm. And she's on her own in the cabin. Well, we see Patricia get shot into another room, like an adjacent <laughs> room during the... It's so grim. It's very grim. She is heavily pregnant. (laughs) All these people die. It's such... Yeah, I'm still upset about it. Yeah. It hurts. And we don't get any time to process that as an audience. Like, we are moving on. Yeah, because it's a romantic comedy. We're moving on to the gags and the bits and the jokes. (laughs) And there's plenty to come. And so... um, She eventually gets out of hospital. So, so Mum Winterbourne, what's her name? Grace. Shirley... Temple McLean. That's Grace Winterbourne. Grace Shirley, who's very, who's in in a lot in a lot of ways the heart of the film. Really, like she doesn't yeah. really come into it till now, but she's actually quite a well drawn character who has some dimensions to it. And she's well, you get that she's the driving heart of the story. Shirley McLean Winterbourne, Grace Temple Temple. She's like so happy you survived. Um, obviously, a bit sad my son's dead. We're not going to dwell on that. I'm loved. Got a lovely to have you over, so I can meet my grandson. I haven't been over there in the last eight days. That would be crazy. So oh, you, she's got heart problems. She can't leave the house. She does have heart problems, and she's a big. But also, and my, she's a big smoker. She's a cool smoker. My dead son's literal twin brother also didn't just visit his sister-in-law. No, in the hospital. No, no one has. They were like, "Well, we'll see her when she's ready." Yeah. What the fuck? She's probably still healing from the train accident and emergency C-section they presumably did, <laughs> which you would think would take a toll, but she is fresh as ever yeah. day one when she wakes <laughs> up from that coma. <laughs> because that's how people work up from comas in the 90s, looking crisp. Because they take such good care of you at American hospitals. Yeah, exactly. Especially if your nurse is the director's wife. <laughs> she just looked like someone... She looked like she was trying to look about 30 years younger than she was, that nurse. The n- oh, de- yes, You know definitely. what I mean? She had a wig. I'm like, that is not your hair. And it is creepy how young you're trying to look. I think the director had to say, no, yeah, no, you can do this role, definitely. <laughs> you sure? You sure it's not weird that I'm 65? Yeah. No, it'll be fine. Do you, maybe, maybe you could just pl- pl- play the nurse at 65. No, I don't think. I think I should play the nurse as a 30-year-old. That would look normal <laughs> and good. That's my reading. Um, <laughs> That's your reading. She sends a car. Parco the butler picks picks them up. Recognize him? Yeah, yeah. He's in heaps of shit. He, yeah, Jurassic Park apparently. Yeah, he's um um the the miner at the start. He's in the first scene of Jurassic Park. Ah. Grant's like me. Good on you, Miguel Sandoval. 
And so he picks her up and brings her back to the just just the ugliest house in the world. Like, I don't know. If, I, I just <laughs> can't get over. It's, it's all like it's like be- it's all like beige and purple. Yeah, it's a mansion. Like a, a beautiful purple brown combination. Yeah. Just grinds my gears. People who are rich with no taste. See, I'm not rich and have no taste, so that's fine because that matches. It is fine, yeah. You know. People with taste and no money, that's wasted opportunity. Nice No taste with money, that's a crime. But nice houses in the 90s, though. Can you name some from 90s TV? Because, like, the Fresh Prince house is quite cool. Fresh Prince manages to get, yeah, it's not too bad. Just because there's a a lot of white surfaces. A stereotypical 90s rich people house. They hold off on the browns. 90s just got so into browns. (laughs) They, they, they or did two stu- bright colours. They did stuff with browns we'd never seen before. <laughs> anyway. And then we meet Bill. Brendan number two. What a great name. Bill. What a what a great name for Hugh's brother. For the romantic lead of your movie. Bill. Hi. Bill Winterborn. I'm Bill. Who walks on screen and is clearly, I'm sorry, a much less cool, more boring kind of guy. Yep. Sorry, everyone, and I, I, I think, I think there's a lot of swooning going on with this guy. Girls love him, and I, yeah, I can see how it. Could fine. they not? He looks like Brendan. He looks like Hugh he look, Winterborn. He looks like Brendan Fraser. But for me, coming fresh off Hugh, <laughs> this is just doing nothing for me. If your, if your name, if you're born into the name William Winterborn, yeah, you do not go by Bill. Now you go by Will, Will, or William Winterbourne. Yeah, Will, much more attractive name mm-hmm. than Bill. Will, just oh, I'm just Bill Winterbourne. I mean, Hater. I mean, he walks on screen. I'm st- like my my grief for the charisma of Hugh <laughs> is still very fresh. It helps. And now you're asking me to fall in love with a new Brendan, <laughs> barely minutes later, and he's like, and I guess he's also really hard. He to he love. is he is he is haughty. And Torty. stiff, toity, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> he's haughty, he's hoity. <laughs> and he's, I guess he's meant to be sort of, like to put it charitably, he'd be like a Mr. Darcy type. He's supposed to be, yeah. Of someone who is closed down because of the pressures of his position, uh-huh. uh, but over time, you know, opens up and he's walks somewhere in the rain. To, supposed to have a... Um a dislike of his brother because yeah. his brother left him in a situation. But that yeah. doesn't really come across. And we love his brother. Yeah. So, again, I'm opposed to him. <laughs> yeah. Not only is he nowhere as good as Hugh, he doesn't even like Hugh. <laughs> I love Hugh. <laughs> I want to be friends. The fri- perfect man existed. I wish Hugh was in my life. Person. I want to be friends with but Hugh. But there are always those Hugh people. Hugh would make my life better you, and make me better as a person. You meet the perfect person, though. But there are all, in, in the real world, when the perfect person exists, there are always those people who hate them for literally no reason. True. And then those people die in a car accident. Yeah. When you meet the best people. Yeah. Sorry, train accident. Train wreck. Yeah. Just like what happens next? Nothing. Uh, we meet Bill. And he's, he's a tosser. He, and he's not a fan of this strange girl. That's wandered into their lives. A complete, like, understandable reaction to this he, woman you've never met. He reads her like a book. Yeah. And he's like, Connie Doyle, I'm sure you seem nice. 
you don't seem like the kind of person my brother met in Hong Kong (laughs) (laughs) after living there, presumably as the child of expats, diplomats or something. A rich banker. Yeah. You don't seem the type because there's a class difference. Don't want a profile. Don't want a profile. It's quite clear. But you have a strangely strong New Jersey accent. (laughs) And you seem to know nothing about Hong Kong. Yeah, so Hugh and Patricia. (laughs) Yeah, Hugh and Patricia. Yeah, they met at the mall. (laughs) They they got married in Paris. Mm. Of course they did. They're so wonderful. Yeah, they're rich too. Yeah. Classic Hugh. Go on, you must have been a wonderful wedding that they invited nobody to. Yeah. Because she doesn't have any family. Yeah. And he doesn't like his. Yeah, right. Yeah, she has to have... So much has to align for this to happen. Yep. So, yeah, so Patricia has no family. Connie Doyle has no family. There's no no Facebook. Yeah, and so she has to... So they, they have, like, a dinner scene, and she has to answer questions. Like, everything about this is so grisly to, like, be making up details about the Paris wedding of their dead son. Oh, jeez. You know? You're just messing with people so hard. Mm-hmm. Like this guy's this guy's brother has died, and you're just lying to him about what the estranged brother's wedding was like. She says, "Yeah, he talked about you all the time." You know, she just adds lies on top of lies, it's which like, you would have to do. You'd have to just hope it works out and lie your ass off relentlessly, and hope hope you can keep track of it. Well, have you heard of a musical called Dear Evan Hansen? Yes, I have. That's just this. I thought of Dear Evan Hansen yeah. a little bit. Yeah, again, haven't seen the musical, but have seen critiques. It's just, and he just keeps lying. Yeah. Lying, lies and lies and lies. Yeah, we were best friends. Yeah, and it's that he, a guy, a guy at his school dies by suicide, yeah. and through a series of uninteresting events, people form the opinion that Evan Hansen was secretly the dead kid's best friend. Yeah, well, someone someone so accidentally to understand him Someone accidentally him. says that, and he just doesn't say no. Yeah, just goes off. And there's quite a lot of things like this where, yeah, yeah I think we've reviewed some of it before, where you just sort of expected to go along with this character as they unnecessarily lie relentlessly. It's like, oh, what a difficult situation because it's a musical. But, like, they what try a difficult write- situation I am in. No, you're not. Just tell the truth. Cut it clean and get the fuck out. Yeah, they try to put it in script-wise of she attempts to tell the truth but keeps getting cut off by the nurses and the doctors and Paco and whatever. I'm like, yeah, but it's not that hard to just make... You, no, wait, 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 mate. mate. You, I'm not this person. You, yeah. Uh, just, you've, you've made a mistake. Yeah, I mean, it's like... not that hard to say that to somebody. Yeah, like she's like she's a confident person. Mm. She's a, got this new jaws, new, new joysy sort of loud mouth style as well patricia yeah where she keeps sort of well like because that's a part of the what's with the hands that's a lot of the jokes of their like class conflict like she stands out like she sticks out like a sore thumb because she's not of their ilk and she's not my fair lady no and all that all that would lead towards her having the confidence to be like the chutzpah (laughs) to just say you know what everyone i should probably tell you now i'm from hoboken (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of an anagram of Hong Kong, but not quite. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's just there's just no justification no, for she's what she's doing. Ter- a terrible person. Like as soon as like the first two days are over, yeah. that's more than enough. Because 
And then after, it's not long before she starts to decide she's got the hots for Bill, mm. Brendan too. And so then it just starts to seem more selfish that you're perpetuating this lie because you want to get it on with Brendan Fraser. And, you know, a more understandable motivation, sure. But not with, A, not when you've just met Hugh. That should have soured this relationship from the start for you. Yeah. But an understandable thing for the villain to do. The villain of the movie. Yeah. To like, I, I got mistaken, but now I'm here. I'm never letting go. Yeah. See, if you're really attached to the fact that I have this baby now, I have to make sure this baby has a life. Mm. If I, So I'm just going to sacrifice my own Moral. morality yeah. and my own peace of mind for the rest of my life, live this lie, and then my child will be taken in by this family and will be... And then they and then and then they will be safe. And I will do this to make my child safe. Mm. You can write that story. I presume someone did in nineteen forty eight. But that's a very grisly, grim story. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a romantic comedy. That's someone. <laughs> hey, that's Oscar bait. In complete desperation. That's Ricky Lake's Oscar bait. Yeah, doing the only thing they can do. Like mm. that is a different color palette movie. Definitely, you the cannot, house is not beige purple. You, th- this movie has the wrong color grading for that kind of... <laughs> that's a much more grey-blue story. And this is a very orange-pink <laughs> story. That story takes place at the house in Knives Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a winter story. Yeah. You're not having garden parties singing Sunny Side of the Street in that one. <laughs> Remember that? We'll get to that. Yeah, and so then that's when we sort of just understand how Hugh was completely estranged from the family at this dinner. And then, but this was, I think, these were uh, some of the best lines, I think, where she starts talking about Hugh. Make it because she, up. Yeah, but it's also coming from her brief interaction with him because I felt like I, you know, what she's talking about. She says he was, I know he wasn't always responsible and there may have seemed like thoughtlessness, but there was a kindness about him that was so much sweeter because it was so thoughtless. Mm. Which is true. So true, Connie. He's the perfect man. He was... He was kind just because, you know? (laughs) You felt safe when he was around. That Hugh guy on the train that time. (laughs) Not like you, Bill. You're a real stick in the mud, as far as I can tell. Yeah, and then Bill says, oh, you clearly understood him. I never did. (laughs) That's his brother. And he's saying this to just some some random woman. Some rando on the train. Some rando on the train. They baptize the baby. Then they have this garden party, which I think is like... I did like the, the baptism. baptism bit, though, where she's just blurting out stupid words yeah, while everyone she's else the- is saying the thing. She doesn't know what's going on. She's clearly yeah. not, not having it. She's like, yeah, blah, I guess her blah, family blah. never went to church or anything. Blah, 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 blah. Well, she's probably Jewish. Well, I want... <laughs> it was like, what is... I didn't want to say, what is Ricky Lane? <laughs> But yeah, well, yeah, because you would think if you're from Hoboken, New Jersey, like there's probably a but lot of and Catholics. Then they, then they yeah, are. no, yeah, she's from a, a, a from born in New York to a secular Jewish family. Um, but wouldn't you just say, yeah, I'm Jewish? Maybe not back then. Well, that he could have told the family that Patricia <laughs> yeah. was something else. Yeah, it was Catholic. Was um, that's an that would be another red flag when Patricia turns. <laughs> like, you don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't know. This feels weird to ask, but like, <laughs> you don't look that Catholic. <laughs> no, I mean it's fine. It's fine for me to say. I mean, um... we can. It's it's fine. <laughs> but then but they yeah. have a small garden party. That's another unaddressed question. How just 
embeddedly, unavoidably anti-Semitic would the Winterbournes <laughs> have been during this era? Because, you know, probably to some degree. Yep. It's, yeah. Um, so Grace gets up at the garden party and starts singing On the Sunny Side of the Street. As you do. Which is presumably some a song all the wasps know. It's also presumably something you definitely do several weeks after your son has died. Yeah, real cheery attitude, isn't it? Yep, just having the best time. I've got a baby in my arms. Let's I'm all sing. Let's all remember, the far, as far as they're concerned, the father of this baby died in a tragic car accident with train, train accident, accident. With train, presumably several hundred other people. Train car accident. Because they, they went from carriage to carriage. There were a lot of people on that train. Yeah, the, along with uh, a, a massacre yeah. of other commuters, the baby's father and... And for, in Connie's and the audience's perspective, the baby's mother, like yeah. a mother, an unborn child, a dude yeah. that is amazing. Died from terrible traumatic injuries barely days ago, just a couple of weeks ago. We're earlier. having a garden party. And it's garden are, party time. It's going And off. we're going to sing some cheerful songs. Yes. And rather than any of that, the main tension of this garden party is her being looked down upon by Jane Krakowski from 30 Rock. <laughs> It's just sort of like mean, and we're supposed to hate Jane Krasowski. Yeah, like her her character's supposed to be mean and like the, yeah. the, the one of the bad guys. The tension of the scene is the mean bitchiness of these upper class <laughs> waspy ladies. Oh, she's not going to fit in. Not all of the death. She shouldn't. Not the ocean of death in which these characters <laughs> find themselves. That's fine. The, on the hill in the background, train line, just like still <laughs> cleaning up wreckage of this, still <laughs> finding bodies. Someone with a hose, still just. <laughs> Hosing it down. A massive wildfire broke out because of the train. Yeah. And like half of the state is on fire. They're having a garden party. Yeah. We would have had more guests here, but of course the train line is still down. So. <laughs> of course many people died. Yeah. Yeah. All of these families have at least one family member who is dead. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people couldn't be here today because they had other funerals to attend because we're still <laughs> working our way through them after. This christening was probably in bad taste at the, point, yeah. at the, at the time. It yeah. could wait. We have to clear out of the church. There's three funerals here later today for from the event. Let's face it, a christening could wait. Um, <laughs> but uh, It can literally happen at any time. Yeah. But with funerals, there is a clock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they yeah, they sing on the sunny side. Of the and she sort of wins everyone. She wins the crowd over with her improvising. Yeah, because she doesn't know the words. <laughs> so she says There's a microphone on the stage the whole time during that song, and they refuse to go anywhere near it. Yeah, but the whole crowd can hear them. It's a large outdoor venue. <laughs> yeah, the five people standing near the stage had the best. There's time. no acoustics, and all the <laughs> instruments have microphones. <laughs> so, anyway. Then it's time to do more romance. And so does, boy, does it go off. It escalates quickly. Grace brings Connie up to see, sort of to see Bill at his big city offices mm-hmm. for lunch. And he runs, and he runs business. Yeah, I don't think. Do we find out what the business is? We don't of the find Winterborns? out what they do. But probably just we managing know that he's money. He's in charge of it. Yeah, it's probably just moving money around because yeah, their father is dead. Father's and dead. Now he's in charge of the business. Yeah, he <sighs> he took on the responsibility, whereas Hugh just flitted off to spend money to just prance around the world, finding himself or some bullshit. Yeah, go to, go to an arts degree in fucking Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. Massachusetts or England? Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. So during this lunch, Bill continues to show no interest at all. 
yep. in Connie. Um, you know, he there, shows there were... suspicion is what yeah. he shows. Wait, yeah. she, no, she has the she has a makeover first. Oh yeah, they <laughs> with Shirley MacLaine. They have a makeover which just involves getting her nails done and yeah. her hair done and wearing a and fairly ugly pink outfit. Yeah, and then that's done. Bam. And then Bill is like, oh, it's a new you. I didn't know you could wear pink. <laughs> this changes oh, everything. You have less hair now. Yeah. And so Bill, so yeah, Bill sort of, he tells the story that how Hugh abandoned them. Then he tells this other sort of long story about him and Hugh, like as kids, sort of reminiscing. Mm. Yeah. Still, and we're getting given swords by Paco and then going yeah. running as though they were red coats. Yeah. Yeah. Running through Boston. What redcoats the British? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite game was to pretend we were the bad guys in the French Revolutionary War. <laughs> it was that, or our other favorite game was Confederates. Um, and so he's starting to open up a little bit because, like, up to this point, his only emotion quote-unquote, has been skepticism. Like, if skepticism could be an emotion. <laughs> that's Shifty all, eyes. That's all Bill has, has expressed. Which is um, weird for someone called Bill Winterbourne. He sounds like somebody goes fly fishing for fun. It sounds like an old man. Yeah. Bill Winterbourne. Bill Winterbourne. Yeah, he's a sheep farmer. William. Well, no. I mean, Clinton. Yeah. Gates. Yeah. Standing by it, both Connolly, William, <laughs> Billy. Yeah, Connolly. they should. They should. No, it's fine. William Gates. Oh, it sounds much. There's much more gravitas in that. He could definitely have yeah. slaves. He looks. He looks like a Bill, though. He does look like a Bill. Those weak shoulders. <laughs> the kid. We could do this all day. Um, <laughs> she writes. She writes Connie Doyle's name on a check, right in front of him. And he 100% sees that. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, no, just rips it up. Sorry, what a crazy mistake. I wrote the wrong date. And he's like, okay. And so he doesn't say anything, but it's sort of giving the vibe that he's... He's investigating her. Yeah. With his business. Yeah, with his... <laughs> yeah, he's got contacts. Yeah. Um, But then they fall in love. But then they fall in love quite quickly. Um, and it's look, this one one day of walking around with lunch. There's not no chemistry between them. But it's one day of walking around with lunch. They walk around with lunch and talk about how much fun it is to pretend to be bad guys in war. Yep. And then... And then uh, Paco's drunk later that night. And yeah, the sort dance. of... The, the catalyzing event for their romance is Paco the butler um, has been dating the pool repair guy and been broken up with... And so has gotten raucously drunk and is like staggering around the pool with no water in it, singing and being sad. Yeah. Which, I mean, and you know, we've all been in similar situations. Oh, we have. Maybe. Uh, I've been in many empty may- pools. <laughs> yeah. Skateboarding and stuff. Yeah. And Hell drinking yeah. myself sad. Yeah, exactly. Um, and everyone responds to Parker with a great deal of understanding. As though this has happened before. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, he's doing that again? Okay. Yeah. Which, you know, 
quite an impressive degree of understanding and inclusion for him into their family, given, gave, given that he is at work currently. Because they, they gave him a job and welcomed him into their home. He has... His, his life is this house. Yeah. The only people he dates... Of work people (laughs) that come to do work on the house. He gets them for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And (laughs) and then is sad when they leave. Yeah. The pool repairman didn't actually break up. He just finished the pool. Yeah. He was planning to call. Yeah. They they did not think he's gone. Paco just watched him from the kitchen. (laughs) And now he's gone. No, yeah, they've sad. actually broken this man's mind <laughs> by never allowing him to leave Have the premises. any other friends. Um, so I thought this did make you... So you start to warm to Bill a bit more now because he shows more of a... He takes like his he's, jacket off. He's kind to Paco and like... And is quite does quite a good job of talking like talking him down mm. and trying to get him out of the situation. They get him... Sort of get him to bed. Um, and... Parker's drunkenly telling them to dance, and so that's when they end up tangoing together. They have to. He can't see them, which I find weird. Well, they, they start like out in the doorway, the and then they go around the corner. Um, <laughs> out, of, out of So you. they're doing this for him, but he can't see it happen. Really it's just weirdly set up. Well, for him, it's for them, though. And now Connie is swept away. And, like, he does a pretty good leading man thing here. He clearly knows how to tango. He does the leg hook thing. Like, hooks her leg in to tell her what to <laughs> hooks do. Hooks his leg around her. Yeah, you know that yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, let's, let's her dip him real low. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, but he's, <laughs> he's got the core strength, so none of his weight is on her arm. He can just do that. Sort of like, he sort of vogues he, down. He, he matrixes. <laughs> he vogue matrixes down onto himself <laughs> and then pops back up, which not a lot of people can do. Um, and they awkwardly kiss a couple of times. And so it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. So on. And he tries to leave, but comes back and kisses her like five times. And the thing is, this is all, and this is all treated like very lighthearted too. This is supposed to be the big romantic. Yeah, like, they've been, they've been towing this line for so long. Yeah, finally it's broken out into the open. The tension has just, oh, it's it's been palpable. At last, the damn wall has broken and now the love can gush forth. (laughs) On screen, and, and the boy thing, does it. And look, and if you're someone who would really like to be swept off their feet by Brendan Fraser, I'm sure this is all quite fun. But even for even at the back of your mind, surely don't you have to still think this would be a very serious and weird turn for things to take for that family? Yeah. So again, for your sister-in-law, your brother's just dead. Hugh You've is, just met this sister-in-law. Hugh is barely cold. <laughs> They still haven't buried him. They still haven't. We haven't seen this funeral. That's still postponed. So, like, maybe this would happen at some point. Like, crazier things have happened. Things like this do happen. But you... The it would just off. like no one even talks about it no one even says isn't it interesting how <laughs> she was with your twin and now you're in love with her as well isn't yeah. that crazy? and when it gets to the wedding they at do the end, talk about it they're a bit. calling her patricia winterborn yeah. and bill winterborn do you guys take each other like, yeah has no one actually actually that strange? i tell a lie they do acknowledge it it's i think Bill talks to Grace about it. Yeah, she's like, she's are you like, worried about okay? what your brother would think? So it's not that no one mentions it, but... It's just that it is fucking weird. He immediately tells Grace, and yes, I, f- I feel like yeah. it's weirder than it's being treated as. The The phrase is edge, lads. Mm. They refer to this movie as casually insane. <laughs> 
and I think that's a good like it it's insane but the movie is very chill about it <laughs> and sort of tries to get you to go along with a lot of crazy like and then this happened isn't that cool anyway yeah hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on what what's what gets to me is through this entire thing a woman and her unborn baby have died mm. and they are no one they're just an unknown. They're, they're, yep. The corpse is out there. They assumed it was a Connie Doyle. Just an unclaimed body. Yeah. Well, actually, no. Yeah, but do they assume that's Connie Doyle? Uh-huh. So she can't get married as Connie Doyle at the end because that name is a dead name. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when she says, oh, my name's this, there's someone dead somewhere, presumably buried. Yeah. By the state. That wouldn't have been identified as Connie Doyle because there's no record of Connie Doyle being on the train. So they also true. That would never have been pieced together. But yeah, that's that's what real grim. It's and like she can't have. It's not even mentioned. She can't have no family. Someone's got to know that she exists. Yeah, some it's some just, person in Hong Kong. And the fact that she goes, "Oh, I lied." Friends, I lied. You didn't just lose a son; you lost a daughter and a grandson. As well. As well. But here, I'm getting married. Come inside. But what you do have is me. You got me (laughs) and this random kid. Weird little 19-year-old me. I'm about to marry your other son. Yeah. So technically, we will be part of the family in like 20 minutes. But right now, you are within your rights to fucking despise me. Yeah. Yeah, when it's at that point, like, I'm just going to wait until after the wedding, then I'm going to tell them. I'm going <laughs> to get ink on paper. But even if you get ink on paper, it's meaningless because that's not your name. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. 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 Anyway, but then, ooh, complication. She gets a little card in the mail. It says, whose baby is that? Mm. Someone knows something. Who are you? And so she immediately freaks out and is mm. like, right, fuck all of this. She starts packing her bag. She's like, I'm going to leave. And I'm like, great. Good idea. <laughs> you should stop falling in love with Bill. Don't, don't let him get any more invested. You should get out of there. Bill arrives with a, a comically large bouquet of roses, which was quite funny. And so he's being very funny now. He's, being, he's doing a lot of physical comedy. He's all, yeah, he's being, he's all awkward and, go, and gonky. He's being charismatic. He is being charismatic. He's changed as a person. We just don't really know enough about Bill to know why he's changed or who he was or what. Yeah. Like, he's written in a very sort of simplistic way. And then he real, he's like, oh, you feel weird about us kissing. You think we shouldn't have done it. He, like, chucks them, just, like, flings the bouquet back out the door. That was good. Yeah. That's funny. That's I mean, romantic I mean, comedy element. Yeah, I mean, I'm not liking any of this, but and then and then he somehow asks her to marry him immediately. He like yeah, makes a he pros sees and her leaving, and she's like, "Why would you leave when you could marry me?" Yeah, he does a pros and cons list, and then we could do it. Yeah, and then he goes and talks to the baby, and the baby pisses on his face. This was another really good moment to come clean. You know, when he's at the point of asking you to marry him. Maybe the attraction is so strong that he will overlook your heinous crimes. But do we are we meant to find out later on like that he already knows about her heinous crimes at this point? Um, I think we're meant to assume. Yeah, because it's not made clear when he figures it out. No, but plot twist: he's already figured it out. He doesn't know who she is, and he doesn't think to ask before their wedding day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like even I know this woman is him, not Patricia but rather than ask her 
I'm just going to marry her under that name. Oh, I know. And we'll just move on. She does tell him her real name on the bridge. Yeah, that But they still keep calling her Patricia. Yeah, they go ahead he with the wedding. He knows that her name is Connie, but they keep calling her Patricia. He's like, I actually prefer Patricia, to be honest with you. Yeah. Connie Doyle, that's a real kind of Hoboken name, and I'm not really a Hoboken kind of guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want your family coming around here looking for money. She still decides she's going to leave. She takes off to the train station. Paco turns up. But then old Paco gets there. Like, that actor does a really great job here. Does a great. He tells a great story. I like how much the butler has written into the story. And then, yeah, suddenly shit gets real heavy. Mm. <laughs> Parker tries to convince her to stay by being like, look, I fled my country because I'm gay and I need to, to avoid prison. Yeah. It's either prison or a boat. And I took the boat. I took the boat. I got here. I did things to survive. He did things to survive that he can't bear to think about. What the fuck? What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to. I'm think presuming that he th- became like a murderer, like he became like a hitman. Yeah, and then there's like, okay, so she, the so the the grandma takes responsibility for the murder because he did it. Yeah, well, like when someone says, "I oh, yeah, I arrived here destitute, did things I can't bear to think about to survive," mm-hmm. like I see, I mean, okay, so it's like gangsterism or sex work. Like yeah. those are the two things. Yeah. Refer- Again. Romantic comedy. Um, <laughs> he did and he, things. And he says, but basically saying, I'm your... You're I, as much of this oh, family as me. You're as much Winterbourne as I am. Yeah. And I want to say, no, she's not. No. She's much. You're much more of a Winterbourne than Connie <laughs> Doyle is. You have had an honest and real relationship with them for many years. <laughs> she is they just... They know who you are and your the, past. They, they know, know that. Paco, you know what they know about you? Your name. <laughs> That's more than they know about this chick. But she ultimately decides to stay. Not even a wheeled suitcases. A no. suit, not even a suitcase on wheels. Yeah, they didn't exist. Grim. They didn't exist. Well, they existed. Did they, though? Yeah, but not, not till after the moon landing, famously. <laughs> the astronauts walked to the shuttle <laughs> holding suitcases without wheels. Anyway, Grace has had another attack. I don't know if it was... I, did, asthma. Had she had a first attack? Yeah, she's on Let's oxygen. Let's just go with asthma. Or it was a heart attack or something. <laughs> she but had another attack by a wolf. Yeah. Some some wild animal broke another, again. Another home invasion. Um, <laughs> uh, the house is too ostentatious. Yeah. But yeah, she's had, she's had an attack. But it's, it's that sort of rich person attack where you don't go to hospital. Yeah. And you just have oxygen. You've got bed. the perfect care in your home. And the family doctor, he lives just around the corner. Yeah, he just, will always come. He's at your back and call. Yeah, just comes around and gives you some of that Michael Jackson propofol. And then you give him so. a jag. Yeah, <laughs> jag per consult. <laughs> so that she she goes in, she has a real heart-to-heart with the mum about how she doesn't, quote-unquote, fit in yeah, with all these people who aren't lying. Um, and then the mum says, I didn't fit in either. I yeah. came from a tough upbringing. I was a chorus girl on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I struggled to get there. The show closed, but I met my husband and we and fell all, in love and it all clicked. And that's what, and, and, you know, and that's the way life works out sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you struggle for a bit, but you meet your husband and you don't lie to him and yeah. you, you make a happy family. Yeah. It's wonderful. And then your son dies. But you get um, to meet this wonderful wife of his? Yeah. That's, you know, sometimes you just have to 
roll with the punches in life and there'll be ups and there'll be downs but if you just remain authentic and true and true to yourself yeah. and engage forthrightly with the world and just do your best things will probably work out for you in the long run okay what you shouldn't do <laughs> is survive a very specific thing what survive you a terrible do. <laughs> just like looking her closely in the eyes to see how she responds what you shouldn't do Huh, huh, huh. is if a tra- I'm just saying hypothetically be in a <laughs> terrible train accident and assume a wonderful dead woman's identity <laughs> and lie to his family for weeks you wouldn't do that would you uh, uh, again no this is another great moment to come clean <laughs> she's given so many opportunities <laughs> just revealing this real like depth to their relationship yeah. you know so there's I mean no one's interrupting her now are they no. Grace can interrupt. She's had an attack, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, she's not going to. You can shut her up real easy. Yeah, just take the oxygen away. Yeah. Uh, then they have an engagement party. Yeah. And wouldn't but, you know it. Which I thought looked like the opening scene of Ghost Ship. <laughs> totally. And that's all did. I could think of. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Same extras. Get them. Filmed on the same night. Get them. <laughs> um, yeah. How them. is she getting married without oh, ID I, or I anything? I did love his suit, though. The fact that everyone's wearing these elegant tuxes and stuff, but he's wearing one with those shitty ruffles from the 70s. <laughs> yeah, it's like just an old suit. Da- that's definitely your dad's suit. Yeah. That's oh, so fucking cool that his character had that. Like, he wore that to his own graduation. Yeah. And keeps that. I yeah. think that, that's a cool character choice for Good him point. to have. What are they called? I don't know what I was called. Ruffles, I thought. Ruffles, yeah. That probably works. Do you recognize that actor from anything? I've seen him before. Yeah, I know his face. And I looked at his filmography. I was like, I don't think I've seen any of this. I'll Google it. But he's one of those, their face just sort of permeates the culture. Yeah. I'm like, that's definitely someone I've seen before. But yeah, how is she getting married without idea or anything? Exactly. Just a, I mean, just a thought. Doesn't matter. Well, she's got the name. She's Patricia Winterbottom. She is. So Steve DeCunzo turns up and he makes the shitty but still interesting point that until now he thought his child had died yeah like a hundred percent he didn't care earlier in the film when connie is dead yeah he's like he moves on immediately makes you think <laughs> isn't this guy funny yeah oh, yeah, I hate him. yeah so he like i mean he and he is a sociopath yep but on the off chance the baby's father wasn't a sociopath that is another terrible aspect to what she's done <laughs> that he <laughs> thinks his baby died even yep. if he didn't care about her so just another important aspect and the pat so he saw her picture he saw a picture of the winterborns in people magazine so <laughs> the massive public profile of this family just another this guy reason. definitely reads people magazine that's what it is <laughs> just in a waiting room or something and this you know just another aspect this of why definitely this definitely goes to waiting rooms <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, yeah, he's trying that to get, actor was in The Passion of Darkly Noon. He's trying to get Vicodin. Um, who's in The Passion of Darkly Noon? Steve DeCuzzo. What? He plays Jude, the friend, the only good character in that he film. He is Jude. That's probably what I recognize him for. God damn. Returning to the Brendan Fraser filmography, that's embarrassing. They're probably bros. Yeah. He's also they, in they like, were, things I've seen, like Enemy in the State and stuff, but I can't yeah. remember what he plays in nah. any of those films. Yeah, Space Cowboys, mm. Ad Astra, apparently. Yeah, but who does he play? No one. No. Exactly. Uh, he, after this, this was the height. 
Yeah. Steve DeCuso. Yeah, fresh off Darkly Noon. <laughs> and Brent, they were like, we need someone to play an absolute piece of shit. Brendan was like... I know. I've got the guy. Give me a minute. I'm going to call up Lauren. He played the only good character in this other film I was in. Yeah. Not the only good character. The only character that was doing what I would have done. Yeah. Which was shoot Darkly Noon in the back. <laughs> on sight. <laughs> <laughs> so passionate. So he congratulates her on the effectiveness of her scam. So he's just sort of assuming she's conning everyone, and she is. He tells her to meet him the next day, or he'll fuck everything up, basically. Mm-hmm. So they meet at this nautical-themed motel. Fuck yeah, that's which, romance. Which was a lot of fun. And yeah, and this is when he reveals himself to be an actual psychopath, and the story takes you know yet another very dark turn. To, <laughs> Even more dark, even darker territory. She, he makes her write him a check. He's like, I'll go to blackmail you. But then he has another admittedly better idea where he's like, no, I'll kidnap the child and then I'll get the ransom money and we'll just do this between ourselves. It's going to work out great. Because then you can keep living your life. Win-win. Win-win. Yeah, pretty fair, to be honest. Fuck. What a psycho. <laughs> he's so, what a fucking psycho. Everything he does, he like, Climbs into the playpen and stands on the baby's like blanket to like play with it. Mm-hmm. Psycho, psychopath behavior. Yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. Good. Though. It's like, good. That's, that's good psycho stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not not mm, in this film. Not really a romantic comedy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not romantic. It's horrifying. It's chilling. But what, in a way, is kind of. <laughs> More chilling is her response is like is to get a gun. Yep, she just goes, gets He's a like, gun. Okay, fine. I know what I'll do in this situation. And I'll I know how to wrap this situation up the day before my wedding. <laughs> it is the next day. It's the next day. She's I can't like, meet you at that time. I'm getting married. I'm just tomorrow. gonna nip out and shoot the father of my child. <laughs> That'll and, make all my problems go away. And then loop back in. She turns up. and But he's already dead. Holy fuck. Someone's and killed him. And it's like the start of the movie. I do not understand opening the movie with dead to Kunzo. Because well, it's, it's so just that, a spoiler. like Yeah, but it's so that they can... Um, but if you think it's a romantic comedy... Yeah, it's weird as fuck. You would want to de-emphasize the dead to Kunzo. Yeah. But not, I guess they do that with a train accident not killing it, several hundred people instead. <laughs> This one guy getting shot, turns out he's a fucking tosser and he deserves it. Wouldn't you just, you talk, that train accident is all you'd be talking about. Uh-huh. For how For did months, it happen? Why did it happen? Afterwards. How many people died? Aren't you suing the train company? Aren't, you know, isn't yeah. this like, this is just, this would dominate your lives. Yeah. It would dominate just, the city of Boston's you're not just, life yeah. for quite a while. The fact that she's in Boston now. Like, the hospital she was at is, like, Boston General, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, that train crash had to be near Boston. If she's yeah. leaving New York, that's like a three-hour train ride. Something like that, I They'd guess. They'd have to almost be at the end of it. hmm So, like, that would affect the city. Anyway. It'd affect the cunt fucking what? She goes in. She sees dead to Kunzo. Yeah. As I With like huge wounds. With huge, noticeable, visually apparent wounds yeah. that I... Hasn't. That it didn't take me a while to notice. And then she's like, oh my God. And she trips over backwards and then fires the gun into the air. And then Bill comes in. Mm-hmm. And Bill, 
thousand percent thinks she did it. <laughs> and he's right to think that, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> that is very reasonable. <laughs> like they're driving away. She's like, you don't believe I didn't kill him, do you? He goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> seems very much like you killed him. And it really seems to add up. But we're still going to get married. So then they pull over under a bridge. I liked the trench coat he was wearing in this scene. Yeah. Looked good. She finally tells him the truth. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he knew the whole time and yeah. was just not going to say anything. Because he wants to do it. And they have a charming sort of heart to heart about the truth and everything. And I don't, I, I forget all the details of what they said. I'm what, sure it doesn't even matter. What I do remember is this, you know, this is the sort of the ending discussion the- of these. So finally it's all out in the open and it's like, well, you know, sometimes we lie about stuff, but sometimes there's a deeper truth and the truth is love. The only way, the only way that this thing would be possibly like, like not forgivable, but like interesting as a story is if he was also a terrible person Yeah, and she forgave him for whatever he did. He reveals he's actually been Hugh this whole time. Yeah, some sort of shit like that. They were never twins. They you never see like the two of them twins, in the same room. But Hugh, Will mm. went out, went away, and Hugh pretended to be Will because yeah. like something like that. Or and they were like one of them went away so that the other one would stay, but they kept swapping. Like they were both <laughs> living their life, and like they take six months turns of like that'll be good. I'll take the punishment of running the running the crime business. Yeah, yeah. Or he's not actually rich. Like the whole thing's a sham. That could be cool too. Because their dad left them with no money and so he's been trying to prop everything up. Mm. So it's like, well, just anything. we all lie about something. And then they're like, yeah, you, but we you just happen to other. lie about everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is a little bit too much, if, but if still, I mean, we get it. People, they're like, yeah, terrible people found each other. That's great. Yeah. They can forgive and forget. No. And all, but all I, <laughs> what I remember is that over this conversation, what I would describe as like, Spanish acoustic guitar sort of hotel lobby music is playing. <laughs> like ding, 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 the ding, entire soundtrack to ding, Lethal Weapon ding, 2 plays ding, 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 without the saxophone. Ding, 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 ding. It's emotion. Just emotional romantic comedy. You guys just found the dead, m- murdered body of a dangerous psychopath. <laughs> the who, father of this woman's child. Not incidentally, the father of your son, dead in a motel room. <laughs> Then you, then you also fired a gun in the room and have no reason to think that no one saw you guys there before you <laughs> took off in your very expensive-looking car. she had the forethought to know that there is a check with her name in here. Yeah. So that she should find that before she leaves, but they just leave. And, inst- and instead of talking about any of that, <laughs> we're just sort of talking about how we feel, about the truth, and about Ola... Like, do you find murder victims often? It's America. Parko's in the driving, in the parking lot as well. So you don't know how he might be involved. (laughs) Yeah, so Bill had been like, Bill had got Parko to follow her. That's how he ended up. I think that's, yeah. So that's how that scene goes down. Anyway, wedding day. Church bells are gone. The next day. Those cops arrive again. And the priest and the mum is saying, yes, I killed that guy. I would, would do it, it again. It Loved it. It was fun. I enjoyed it, actually. I, I, um, I definitely know who that guy is. Yeah. I love that. She's like, what's his name again? That little line is pretty great. 
when they're all confessing when the when grace temple mm-hmm. confesses to the murder mm-hmm. who does she think did it like who does she think she's protecting i think she assumes she's protecting her son or her daughter-in-law but what would her theory be of why they shot this random man? I don't think she cares. Okay. She would sacrifice herself for her family. I guess. Again, it's just sort of a missing conversation. Definitely is. There's a lot of those. Because you, you, you if you wanted to keep it covered up from her, you would have to tell her a separate lie about he was blackmailing, but what he was blackmailing them for. Mm. And maybe they had that conversation. And even then... And that would have to be a different dark secret you've made up. But as soon as she, as soon as she confesses, like just... you're like, okay, so she ordered the hit, so she did kill him. Like when yeah. she confesses, she's you're like, because you've seen the fact that Patricia didn't do it and Bill didn't do it. Yeah, you've 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 witnessed this happen. You're like, okay, so she's confessing because she actually did do it. See, yeah, see, because as far as we know, even at this final scene, Grace Winterbourne doesn't have the full set of facts in front of her. Uh-huh. So she can't know what an evil menace Steve Dracunzo actually was. Yeah. Because if she knew all that, then you can imagine her thinking, well, fuck it, he deserved to die. Yeah. Or we don't know. I'm like, going to go to prison. Like the, We don't know if she has that or not because she's confessing. Yeah. Like maybe we assume she knows and that's why she killed him. Maybe. but Because if she doesn't know what an evil, terrible person... Yeah and worthless guy Steve Dacunzo was, then that means that if she just hears a member of her family murdered someone, we just take the hit and we don't... Uh, that just happens sometimes. It's, well, sometimes the family's got to live. The family has to live. Sometimes people have to get shot and sometimes we have to shoot them <laughs> to protect the Winterbourne legacy. The legacy of the Winterbourne. She has a grandson now. She's got to yeah, think about him. True. She would much rather raise him from behind plate glass yeah this very long-suffering priest runs out the back to tell the family (laughs) that the mum is confessing they run back out brendan does a slide into the church did you see this such a long slide too he and it went like it slowed down but he's kept slide it's like yeah he's yeah he's that was that was my favorite part actually into the church in his wedding suit he slides about as far as i thought he was going to slide and then slides like another eight feet it was incredible. It's so good. I think that's his best stunt so far. Yeah. And I don't even think that would have been in the script. No. He would have just found out that those shoes could do that. Because they're running on the grass. Yeah. Those shoes are slippery. Like, he runs weirdly because they're slippery. I think he would have He's just like, done that on the day. I'm doing a little flourish on this here, guys. I'm doing a big slide. Check it. <laughs> so fucking cool. Do you ever do that thing as a kid where you'd run, like, at the school hall and you'd run around and slide down on your knees and do a big slide? Yeah. Yeah, said, remember, that's why my knees are so fucking terrible. Remember doing that at the school disco. <laughs> my knees are really bad because I did a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, well, didn't you hurt your knee last night, standing stationary talking to someone? Last week, yeah, last week. Just you just crumbled. Yeah, I had a couple of days with the cane. Now it's almost oh, back boy. to normal. Good times, man. Yeah, we're getting old. Maybe you are. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm going backwards because of supplements. Oh. Hey, this was wasn't a bad. Joke where they so they are running up the aisle to go through the church, and, and so the the, the organ player like hurriedly starts doing <laughs> the wedding march, like f- doing it fast because they're running fast. So that's that's all right. 
a fun joke in your romantic comedy movie. And so they all confess to the murder and do an I am Spartacus. Paco runs out, he joins he in as did well. It. No, me, pick me. Yeah. Pick me, miss. And this was like a relatively funny scene where the yeah. cop is like asking them questions about the murder and very quickly verifies they're all talking shit. And they have the real killer in the car. And the real killer is the the other broad from, from earlier in the film. Who's also pregnant. He knocked her up too and then kicked her out. And she's like, well, one of us had to kill him eventually. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Somebody did. So Steve Zucunzo made his bed and got shot in it. Mm-hmm. And now the person who's so lying that, for six weeks so doesn't that woman, get um, any sort of comeuppance. No. So Connie... 100% would have shot him. Definitely. She went there to shoot him. Is spared from doing that by another woman in an equally difficult position yeah. um, who does just go to jail for it. Yeah. That's that. Um, she takes the fall completely. Takes, takes the fall. And, and, you know, good riddance. We're the Winterborns now. Pull that pull that ladder up after you. That's what we call that move. Um <laughs> And there's no because here she tells the he tells she tells the mum the truth then, yeah. That's where she outside the Grace church. Is, so Grace is like, um, so what the fuck is going on, please? And she's like, lol jokes. I'm Connie Doyle, and she's like, I this is the only home I've ever had. I fell in love with all of you, gross, and I didn't want to leave you. Yeah. She says, I'm sorry, he's not your grandson. I wanted my baby to have a family or have a home and shit. I'm like, yeah. That you could want that for your baby, but you're There's still other ways. an evil person. There's other ways. Yeah, provide. Yeah. It starts just, at a certain point, it just feels like greed. <laughs> because, so she is a winter ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why she fits in. Because the, cause the, for me, the desperation wasn't established well enough. No. At a certain, because so much of the movie is, because she's not just lying to, for safety. She's not lying to just be in a house. She's lying to be in a, this a bazillionaire. Yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't have to, you know. She's find another for the line. money, not just a little bit. Money. She wants just all money with a capital M. Yeah, yeah. So, Old money. Yeah. We finally do a wedding. <laughs> the poor priest is clearly very tired. He goes, "Do you say I do?" And she says, "No." Which oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure legally that's the end of it. And everyone was like, "Oh." <gasps> This is my real name, and I do all those things, <laughs> even though I'm dead. Yeah, everyone according, there, according like, to the government. <laughs> what the fuck? Every single person just gets up, leaves. Everyone's like, "Um, fuck this." So, sorry, sorry to circle back. Is Patricia Winterborn dead? Because <laughs> <laughs> up till right now, we all thought you were her. She's like, yes. Yeah, two more people are yeah. dead. I watched the life go out of her eyes in the wreckage. <laughs> that's my last. That's the last thing I remember. I breathed her last breath. Yeah, and then then her mm. soul went into me. So maybe I am her. You don't know. Yes, we do. <laughs> Connie. They kiss. Directed by credit. Straight to credit. Oh, so romantic. So the tone of this movie is all fucked up. Yeah. Uh. It should have been something else. She just comes up with too many of her own inventive lies yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I don't like her. The other way this could work and seem a little less crazy on her part is if there's some sort of short-term goal she's working towards. But these are all lies she's going to have to stick with her whole life. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it just seems so unworkable. 
if it was like, ah, oh, if I let, if I make them think if I'm I just Patricia, left, like three weeks, for, yeah, or like six months or something, yeah. then I get to this point, then I'll get this money, and then I'll be safe, and then I can reveal the scam and I can leave. Mm. But then while she's doing that scam, she falls in love. Blah, 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 blah. If she knows she's doing a scam and is like, okay, this is bad, but I'm doing it. But if she, she does. She just doesn't seem to connect the dots of how bad it is. So she just seems kind of dumb. If nobody dies, it becomes a romantic comedy. If yeah. the Hugh and Hugh's wife and child are just missing for a little while, and then people mistake Connie as this person and bring her into the family, it becomes a romantic comedy. Then they just mm-hmm. assume these people are dead, but then they come back at the end, and you're like, "Oh yeah, thank God." Oh, but you fell in love while we were gone. That's fine. I'm not that person, and neither are you. Yeah. And then plane goes down over jungle. Yes. And they've been lost in the jungle. But Connie was found. But because they're so cool, they've actually sort of befriended a local tribe. A local tribe, yeah, living happily. Yeah. Yeah. And have actually just been, you know, living a beautiful, sustainable life. She gave birth in the jungle, and it all went fine. Um, the missing Rockefeller. Yes. It's that story, but a happy ending. Except, yeah. yeah. And, um, and yeah, they just come back and write a great book about it. I'm sorry. That's exactly what Hugh and Patricia would do. About the Rockefeller kid. I love them so much. Recently. And. Mm -hmm. This is one of the Rockefellers that wanted to, like, do anthropology. Yeah. And he, he. Took off towards an island. Yeah, he was on a boat. In like Papua New Guinea. It's Papua New Guinea. Just the mainland, going back to the mainland. Was just never heard Um, from again. He, he was on a boat that was sinking and he goes, I can swim to the mainland to his mate and I'll get help and I'll send him out. Swims off. The boat gets rescued like two hours later and no one hears from him again. Sucked in. Apparently, 30 years later, someone was doing research for it to try and find out what happened, interviewed some village elders mm, and right. he'd made it to the, like, according to the, the story, he'd made it to the mainland, saw the people he met before, the same villagers who then just killed him as punishment for him doing something that offended them three years previously. Fine. Yeah, just fucking killed him. Imagine yeah. that, though. Swimming to safety. Yeah. And they're just getting murdered. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, bold move to swim to safety on the PNG mainland. Yeah. You know, because you, you, it's a real... The, like mid-60s or whatever. It's a real right? roll of the dice. <laughs> you ain't a Rockefeller there, son. So crazy. They don't give a shit about that. That the, the whole in thing some remote is like area a fictional story, though. Like it feels like it something a, you would write. It is an incredible story. Yeah. yeah, great mystery. And the last thing I would say is that Bill, he is not a funny character. Yeah, he's not. He when he comes in, is not romantic comedy so material. He can only really get through what the plot requires by just changing At as a end. person. <laughs> And so, like he's all sort of austere and haughty and toity at the start, mm. uh, and that just sort of goes away at a yeah, certain if there point. Were no, and if he there becomes... were no lies, and he wasn't suspecting her of stuff, and was just a stick, a, up upright stick piece of shit. Yeah. And then she like chipped away at that, and he became a nice guy. Yeah, I don't Romantic understand why, comedy. why she brings that out of him. Yeah. Because in, in just a simpler story, just like their class difference would be like her authenticity, because she's not burdened by all the expectations of high society, yep. would blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But instead, I'm still thinking about the train crash. <laughs> 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 Lest we forget. Okay. <sighs> That's Mrs. Winterbourne.
We don't score Brenda's movies. We rank them. Yep. We rank them for our most favorite or least preferred. This is the 18th thing going on the list. I'm thinking below halfway. I'm going to start at the top and work my way down for fun. Yeah, I don't think it's like the bottom half it, really like all the far way down because of where it is. But it's a terrible movie. Okay. Number one, Killers of the Flower Moon. Which is so funny because we didn't like it and we talk, and we hung shit on it for like three hours. Um, <laughs> um, number two, Presumed Guilty. Hell still yeah. there. Still number there. three, With Honours. Hell yeah. Number there. four, School Ties. Hell yeah. Number five, Son-in-Law. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's Hell a Brendan yeah. Fraser movie. That's a Brendan Fraser movie right there. Airheads. <laughs> Now and then, in the army now. You know, this movie, it's kind of, it's his first movie as a proper adult. Romantic where he's a, Where he's dreamy, yeah. Yeah. And he... So you think that, that, that there's something like Airheads, but in that, like, all of his other Airheads or the Scout, he's sort of mad. Yeah, and he's, he's a very ways. teen character. Yeah, he's got, he's got those sort of George of the Jungle elements yeah. of, like, fish out of water. Yeah. This is the first time he's sort of a, mm, hello... It's I'm me. A man. I'm a man and I I'm know what I'm man. doing. I'm a professional man. I'm a professional man. <laughs> in the army now. In the army now and Encino Man are next to each other. I think I preferred both of those films to this film. Yeah. But are they better? Yeah, I don't know. This is getting hard. So for a bit further down, you've got weird and random shit. So there's Brain Candy. We're above that. That's We're just above Brain Candy. The Scout. We're above the scout. We yeah, I yeah. think we are weirdly. Like there's lots of like Shirley MacLaine is very good. There's lots Bre- of good Brendan stuff. is good in this. Yeah. It's just what he's given to do is sort of uneven and doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Ricky Lake is pretty good. There's a few moments yeah, where it's just she, her character is a terrible person. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think she's it's an acting challenge for her because like she's she first was known for popular she was the first, what's her name? The main girl in Hairspray. Tracy Turnblad. Turnblad, yeah. So she's got that sort of like big face, you know, yeah, stage acting. Um, Johnny Depp's sister in Crybaby, which is where I remember her most from. Okay. So I think maybe, the, and there's times where her acting felt a little bit cartoony in there this were, for like, me. When she's across the across the park and she has the, and the, where you have a moment of making eye contact with Shirley MacLaine's character and then you, Run towards them. (laughs) Like you sigh towards a person. Yeah. (laughs) That is like either days of our lives or stagecraft. Yeah, it's a little overwrought. And it's like, it's okay. There's no one in the back row. We're right here. (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) But overall, nothing to really complain about. And obviously the incomparable Lauren Dean. (laughs) As Steve DeCunzo. So, yeah, let's go above uh, the scout. Um, the Passion of Darkly Noon. This is better than The Passion of Darkly Noon. Okay, fine. Whatever. Okay, Encino Man. This is where his guest starts, because that's a big Brendan movie. Yeah. I want to put, put this below <laughs> Encino Man. Yeah. But I I per- personally didn't love Encino Man. No. I just think Encino Man is a better movie, because I don't hate any of the characters in there. None of the decisions they make no. are evil. No. I mean, maybe a little bit because we said they end up sort of treating this human man like a pet. They do. But it's no, it's not, it's not on Connie Doyle levels. It's, yeah, it's not covering up the death of two, like, of, of a woman and her child. 
S- and just assuming stone- their identity while they still exist. St- old Stumpy and Stony, or whatever they're called in that movie, they couldn't imagine the scale of the moral crimes that Connie Doyle can cook up in her febrile imagination. Yeah, like if the, if they were like Weekend at Bernie's, a dead caveman for that entire film. Yeah. That'd be a different story. Yeah, or trying to pass him off as a missing person in the town from recently. That's the kind of <laughs> shit Connie Doyle would do. Like, we found him. We found, yeah, your son. Yeah. Doesn't he look like... He's just grown hair. Just hair. It's he, just that, hair. That's who he is. We've solved the mystery. He's just forgotten how to talk. He was alive when we found him, then he passed away. His last words were, <laughs> I blame my parents. That's what Connie would try. Okay, so between Encino Man and Darkly Noon? Do it, do it. Yeah, do it. that's fine. Yeah. I mean... You know, in a very real sense, whatever. <laughs> now, this is going to fuck up the rankings because now we've got two Brendans of who would win in a fight. Okay. Let's do Bill first. Okay. It's not very high. It's not very high. He's not a physical person. He can tango. That's about it. He can tango. All right. He's uh, beating Younger and Younger. Yep. He's beating Child of Darkness. Yep. He's beating Brain Candy. Yep. He's beating 20 Bucks. Yep. With honors. I think it's below with honors. I think so too. Because with honors is younger, and so we have better twitch fibers or whatever it is. Yeah. Same city though. Boston. Is that where Harvard is? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough then. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I saw I saw hats randomly the other day that just had the Harvard logo on. I wanted to get them for us. <laughs> like, that's part of our merch because we're Harvard. Because of that movie that time. Um, okay, so Mrs. Winterbourne right. hyphen Bill. Will. I think directly above him goes Hugh. <laughs> like directly, no. directly above him is Hugh. Ah, Hugh's been out there in the world <laughs> doing shit. Hugh Hugh would have a Hugh would have a deceptive fluidity to him that would disarm oh, people both. Hugh's probably spent both six literally months on and figuratively. Front line somewhere. He's probably He's probably joined the French Foreign Legion for a yes, while. Yes, yes. Done Taekwondo. Yeah. I bet he's done some martial he's done some martial arts. He's done the odd martial art. Hugh is a matter. He's been living in Hong Kong for a little bit. He's studied some kung fu. He's gonna he's gonna fuck up with honors, I think. Okay. What about dog fight? I want him to, just because. Yeah, because more, more like, like dog, dog shit. shit. Well, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who would win in a fight? <laughs> Hugh Winterbourne. Okay. From Mrs. The perfect man. The perfect man. The perfect man. Mm-hmm. The perfect. The perfect rom com man. Yeah. Or. The lawyer from Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, the Remember, lawyer would beat him. The lawyer's cool killer. I, I imagine the lawyer goes all kingpin on him. And I just was going to say kingpin. <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon just feels like kingpin to me. Yeah, the lawyer would just go all kingpin, and this guy would just like stab him in the heart, and he wouldn't do anything to him. Yeah. Okay, so he's above dog fiber below Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> Damn it. That's okay. He's still the perfect man. Yeah. But you can't beat Vincent D'Onofrio. And yeah, Airheads would just smash him with his guitar. He's got more sh- more wiry street energy. Yeah, now and then's been to Vietnam. Yeah, that nah, checks out. I mean, he's been to Vietnam, but in a non-combat situation. Yeah. He, was he just, just drove a scooter. Yeah, just scooted from north to south and learned about the war crimes so that mm-hmm. he can tell people back home. <laughs> He went there as a philanthropist. He's so inspired. To help out. He's so inspired. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably. He probably swam from a sinking boat 
but people welcomed him into their village. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He swam ashore in PNG and they said, oh, hello again, Hugh. <laughs> Lovely to see you again. Thank you for coming back. <laughs> Can you keep teaching us the xylophone like before? Done. Done. Mrs. Winterbourne. Mrs. Winterbourne. Yeah. Good title um, for this film, though, because there are several Mrs. Winterbourne. Yeah, I, I see but what they're doing. But it should be about the one who died. Yeah. Because yeah. she gets no recognition at the end of the film whatsoever. Yeah, yeah it's good that it's not called Patricia Winterbourne. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's dead. Yeah, she's dead and under, under and as nobody, we've established, nobody cares. truly horrifying circumstances. That somehow only gets worse after she died. Now... Next up, we'll be back next... Oh, fuck. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, it's a cameo. But then it's Twilight of the Golds, then it's George of the Jungle, then then it's happening. Okay. Okay? 2024... George of the Jungle is happening. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 2024... It's going to be off the fucking charts. It's going to be a much better day. Oh, but... So he's got a cameo in Glory Days, featuring Ben Affleck, Sam Rockwell... Mm Mm-hmm. Is that the next week's one? Yeah, this is our next I one. I mean, that's not a terrible film. So it may not be... Have you seen it? No. Okay. But so it's got Slam It may not be it. good, but it's got... We like Sam Rockwell. It's got, it's got Rockwell. Okay, well, I've got nothing else to say about this. Do you ever feel like you run out of words? Sometimes. Do you ever get to a certain point in the day, you're like, I don't need to say anything else, and I don't want to. Often. Yeah. That's why I put movies on. But you haven't been putting movies on. You I've been, been watching, watching older movies. Movies I've seen before. Well, then you need to have observations about them and bring them with you next okay, time. Okay, you want to talk about Hot Fuzz again? No. Cool, because I watched See, it about three weeks ago and it's still, still on my mind. Fucking hell. It's just a real good film. Yeah, I know, Isaac. Mm. And there's nothing left to say about it. <laughs> Imagine if we just talked about Hot Fuzz. I should watch Die Hard again. I did watch a movie called... Never, we'll talk about it next week. Okay. 